Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. We are officially in the middle of the holiday season. Absolutely. It's yeah. bone-chilling cold outside. <laughs> yeah, weather's still terrible. Spirits are high, though. Lights are up. Mary, Everything's looking Christmassy. Yeah, Freezing as it. hell. And I've been in a Christmas movie mood. Oh, absolutely. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast, and it's the season for a Christmas movie or two. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, we were getting together and talking about what Christmas movies we'd like to cover. Yep. On the podcast. And, you know, we've been covering a lot of Christmas horror. We love our Black Christmas. Sure. We love our Silent Night, Deadly Nights. We love them. Deep, deep into that season. But there was one movie that when I brought up, you had this beautiful react. Just an immediate, your head popped up and went, oh. <laughs> when I said Eyes Wide Shut, it's like, yes, why have we not done this That's a on good a previous call. Christmas? Well, we haven't, yeah, we haven't done any Kubrick, A. Uh, Which we, I don't think is true. I swear, man, I have gaslighting myself into so many episodes oh, we that we've never back, actually huh? done. Mm. I'm positive we did a Shining episode. I scrolled through every episode. <laughs> not there. No. Not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. I, can't, I could not believe we hadn't covered Kubrick. It's a strange thing. Well, it, these are difficult movies to talk about. This is going to be a, an episode, I feel like, of us, or me at least, being like, I just, and it made me, uh, oh. Our sweet but spot we'll is really being smart guys, kind of talking about dumb movies. Yeah, I am in over my head when I'm a dumb guy talking about a really like smart movie. Yeah, something that feels like it's saying something that I'm 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 just a dumb guy down here. I'm know. I'm the guy going uh, going like I think this is the most boobs we've ever had in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> there are jugs in this movie. Uh, it's true, but it is a Christmas movie, and I, I undoubtedly completely forgot that. And I think we were both kind of like it is right. Because it's been 20 years since I've seen this movie. Oh, I was going to ask. And I just saw it once, you know, rented it, I think, after all the uh, all the hullabaloo. I still remember, like, back in the 90s. This came out in 99. Yeah. And, uh, like, before the internet, they had to push this stuff on TV and Right. And, and internet infancy forms. was a big... I think I might have just gotten it. Because, you know, Blair Witch was 99. Yeah. And that was, like, a real... Like the that first was. viral internet movie, but that was the first one I remember going on on the internet to look at things about the Blair Witch. I, think, I guess I got to learn the internet. But, People uh, are talking this Blair Witch, but this movie. I had remember this one was just hype. on TV. Like every news program was talking about this movie. It was. I remember it like I've done no retro research yeah. on AS, but at the time I remember it being like shrouded in mystery. Uh huh. Right, like exactly. No info was being put out about this movie. The tr- even the trailer was just kind of like a little bit of Chris Isaac. You get the Chris mm-hmm. Isaac, you get the Nicole Kidman and the Tom Cruise, and then you see some people in cloaks and masks, and it's like, ooh, yeah. And then and they kind of some. I don't even know how they did it, but they kind of let everyone know like there's a big orgy. Yeah, they, like we, we we are gonna tell you, but other people will let you know. America knew. <laughs> the only thing they knew about Eyes Wide Shut was that. Kubrick last movie, yeah, died. Cruise and Nicole, like, yeah, died even right when out. he finished it, and then just peaced out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they knew it was Cruise and Kidman as a as a couple. 
Yeah, they were a couple, right? And they knew the biggest stars in the world. Biggest stars in the world whose lives we knew very little about yeah. and who we had no idea what the fuck we were about to find out <laughs> with Cruz, right? This is pre oh, like true. crazy Cruz, right? It's true, yeah. And so we were like and we knew there was going to be like a ton of fucking. Basically the little bit of details about the movie was like it's about fucking. There's sex. There's, There's the whole thing is sex, right? It's That's a sex thing. And uh I remember just uh, I ne- I don't I never saw it in the theater, but then rented it and was like, "Man, this is a weird movie." Yeah, this is a even for Stanley Kubrick for a movie that was only like hyped secretly about yeah. being like it's a sex movie. It's a sex- it to teenage me. I I did see this in the theater. I, me and my buddy James went. I'd never obviously never seen a new Kubrick movie in the theaters. It had been. Well over a decade right. since the man made Full Metal Jacket, right? And Kubrick, that was like, that was my gateway into like art, mm-hmm. cinema, exactly. Right? PBS showed 2001: A Space Odyssey uh, a couple times after, like on Saturday nights, they would show Doctor Who, and yeah. I was a teenager who lived in the country, so where was I going to be on a Saturday night, but watching PBS on our antenna TV, right? (laughs) You and the Dice Man. Yeah. (laughs) Watching 70s Doctor Who. It's a 14-year-old. So they showed 2001, and I had heard of this movie Mm -hmm. and just knew that it was, you know, about space. And then got taken for a ride, right? They showed, uh, the Raven showed Doctor Strangelove. When yep. I was a teenager, my mom took me. I read a, a girl I had a crush on in summer school, Sarah Renteria. Hello. Was reading a, a Clockwork Orange paperback. Couldn't tell anything oh, about Sarah. She's reading but the I book. Saw, she was a cool girl, and she was reading yeah. the book. Like I went to the library. Of course I got that book, and I was like, I need to find a way to see this movie. Shoplifted a VHS of a Clockwork Orange from Suncoast Video wow. at the Plaza Mall. You rapscallion. Dude, VHSs were like 25 bucks. That's true. Right? In the 90s. And like, uh, I was just some dumb kid Suncoast who had to take a fine. bus to the ball. So I'm sure Suncoast is doing great <laughs> <laughs> today, right? I don't think that was the straw that broke their back. No. All these kids stealing movies to impress uh, but that's little high school girls. Because I was thinking about how Kubrick, when I was yeah growing up and learning about film... And 2001 Ooh, was the first one I looked at. We watched at. like Spartacus in school. Exactly. As a historical document, you know? But there was something that was always like dangerous about Kubrick. Or the subversive when, when you didn't know what that word meant yet. Kind of, <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, I was seeing Kubrick before like I was seeing Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Hitchcock movies were way more ratings appropriate, right? But Kubrick had just, it was all mystery. And he's a mysterious, yeah, mysterious guy. And and you still don't really know that much about him. And there's conspiracy theories that swirl about all his movies. And uh, I just remember there being such this hype of like the great reveal of Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. And then when it came out, it was like a dud. Like no one liked it. It didn't really capture that dangerous no. cultural itch. That, that his other movies seem to get. I, I looked it up today and was surprised that it was like a pretty good money earner. Because this yeah. movie has been written well, about as a flop. Everyone At the time, wanted it was a to fall. see it. But yes. But they didn't like it. Like it's not an entertaining 
orgy movie. When I went with my buddy James, who was definitely the guy, he is was not the guy watching 2001 with me. He was the guy there for the fuck. Yeah. Like, that is why my buddy was there. And leaving the theater, like, I knew I liked it, but didn't think I knew I could say how or mm-hmm. why I did. And I knew he hated it wasn't gonna say it wasn't gonna risk sounded like none of us wanted to risk like sounding like the guy who doesn't get it so i have no i have no problem with that now i'm perfectly fine being that guy with any movie but this movie was so hyped i remember a feature on like entertainment tonight oh yeah (laughs) like this was a big no i feel like they got their own like half hour special right where they're like interviewing Cruz and kidman about the movie and stuff well as you said Cruz and kidman huge Massive mega stars, right? And yeah. the biggest mega star couple. Mm-hmm. They're in a movie together. It's rumored to be lurid. Well, they'd had all they'd they'd done like um, more wholesome movies together, right? Thinking like far and away, far and away, where they're like the the good people. And this one was like they're bad people, <laughs> right? And we don't know, know why, but like, but you know, because Chris Isaac's telling you, yeah, they did a bad bad thing, right? That was like the commercial. And, and it uh, worked. And it's so funny watching it. It was, uh, and I, I still feel like this, and, and it's going to sound bad, but this is the silliest Stanley, Stanley Kubrick movie to me. Like, there's something so silly about It's perfectly it. silly. Tom Cruise is ridiculous <laughs> in this movie. This is one of my favorite Cruise roles. I love that this movie that was hyped up around, like, sex, all of the sex is, like, the most boring thing. It just ridiculous. It is just yeah. absurd, banal, like boring, dull, like a super dull orgy. Uh huh. I mean, when I say dull, I don't the the everything at the orgy mansion, which we'll talk for a couple hours about, <laughs> is incredible. But it's just like if you went in, go in there for like I'm stoked for the orgy. It is dull. It's and pre- I love that yeah, he. I love boring. it, and I love that Tom Cruise plays this whole movie. As like an obviously super attractive, uh, well-off man with an apartment in Central Park West and a head turner of a wife, right? Yeah. Who also is terrible at talking to women, <laughs> and is just spending the Christmas season like pretty strongly thinking of committing infidelity, but he's also really bad at like, fails get, at every t- every chance, blows it. <laughs> constantly over and over and <laughs> over again then he goes back to try again and blows it again in every instance it is this amazing <laughs> the, the scene set like right in the beginning of the movie when you know Cruz and Kidman let me tell you Kubrick opened up his movie with just Nicole Kidman slipping out of a slinky dress in the apartment it is so cool <laughs> that the like greatest director of all time knows all about the lighting and you know, framing a shot and finding the right cinematographers, the right, you know, the right guys to give his lighting. Yeah. And then he's like, now that I got this lighting thing down, we got to show Nicole Kidman just standing bare ass like several times. She's naked a lot in this movie. Yeah. Simulating rough sex in a 1920s silent film dream sequence. Uh, Yeah. This is for a guy. Right off the bat too. Yeah. And Cruz who totally chickens out by not showing dick. (laughs) Nicole Kidman is Huge like Nicole Kidman right? is like getting bent over by a naval <laughs> officer, and Cruz is just like you know in a cloak. He's in he's in nine coats somehow. 
the the lack of sexualness to Tom Cruise. And if you buddy, if you saw Maverick and the most handshake sex scene ever between Tom Cruise I mean, I've seen and the Jennifer first one Connelly, where, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not much better. Tom Cruise, like famously bad at sex in movies, right? Famously yeah. averse to sex. It is hilarious that he's the guy who seems visually uncomfortable with sex, and he's the guy having to be like, hmm, I like those <laughs> boobs. Like, the whole time. It is amazing. It is just so funny to see this guy who seemingly has it all just kind of get, kind of just fumble for mm. the next two and a half hours. One indignity after another, all brought on by him. And only him. Mm. It's this kind of fool's idiot's way through blue velvet where Jeffrey Beaumont is like working class discovers the seedy side of yep. Lumberton. Right. Whereas Tom Cruise is like upper high, not quite elite status, but knocking on that door, associating with the elites and wanting more. He's, he's the guy, the doctor who serves the elites. Yeah. He's at their beck and call. He's at the party because of his connection to what Victor the Sidney Pollock character at at that opening party. And he's surrounded by these elites. Yeah. And these models who want nothing more than to double team him. Yes. And he, yeah, he just, uh, he doesn't, he's, he's a, what's the phrase where the dog that catches the car. (laughs) Yeah. He he doesn't know know what what to do do with it when he's got it. And uh, it's such an interesting opening to see the, difference between the way Nicole Kidman has fun with this Hungarian man and yeah. flirts and has this natural way of flirting with him. And then, yeah, Tom Cruise, helped. Tom Cruise is like, so, <laughs> well, what exactly are we doing here? <laughs> he seems just so uncomfortable and has no idea how to take the most easy layup next step with any woman in this movie, he hesitates way too much. Mm-hmm. As you said, his whole, all of his dialogue boils down to like, oh, so uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> it's, it's literally him just being like, he'll. Uh, what's the the one girl says like? He goes, where are we going? And she's like, to the end of the rainbow. He's like, the end of the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see him going like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so like. You know, Blue Velvet is, what, my favorite movie? And it's Jeffrey Beaumont means so well, but it's just this kid getting in deep over his head really quick, right? Just couldn't help himself. And Tom Cruise is a guy getting deeper and deeper and deeper of his head. And this guy is in over his head from go. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how to talk to two women who could not be throwing themselves at him more. I assume those were uh, professionals. Those two women, like, you they, know, ladies of the night. Sure. Those weren't just ladies. They they were going to charge him some money. This he had no idea. This did not look like the kind of place that would just have roving prostitutes. This looked like, you know, sure, a ball. But uh, apparently it also has, like, heroin use and other stuff. <laughs> but that goes on upstairs, you know, the yeah, prostitutes. In the privacy. But, yeah, you know, when you go to a party, like, I've never been to a party where, like, some uh, Hungarian art dealer of affluence might get really close to my wife mm-hmm. you know I've, that's that's never a thing that uh, has happened to me yet 
That you know of. Yeah. That I know of. <laughs> and uh, the way these girls just glue themselves to Tom Cruise, all because he, like, what, helped her out? You, I remember you. Well, and then they use that as an excuse to clearly want to just tag team this yeah. guy. I think it's funny. Yeah, we see the whole buildup between this Hungarian and Nicole Kidman flirting and dancing. And then we kind of cut to the middle. Like, we don't know how... <laughs> He's just kind of hanging out with two with these women. Two girls. Yeah, he's like in the foyer, and they are just like trying to trip over his dick <laughs> in the middle of this party. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, he's just like, was just standing there yeah. doing nothing. Yeah, the way this guy, you know, it's this whole movie is showing, and he, Tom Cruise talks all about it in, in their big high uh, in bed scene where. You know, it's all about how men approach situations and how women approach situations. And the kind of sexy flirtiness and the drunkenness that Nicole Kidman is kind of stumbling her way through Mm -hmm. this, you know, sexy with the the Hungarian with the Marty Scorsese eyebrows. Yeah, really. And I just like her getting tipsy and totally trusting this lecherously charming man, whereas it's totally bunglingly this guy is if this guy was with those two girls these oh. girls would not be wearing their cocktail dresses at this point right, right. we'd already be at the sculpture garden. cruise with them is just kind of yeah where where are you girls taking me <laughs> like they could be leading him by the belt and he would still just be like <laughs> yeah he almost seems relieved when he gets interrupted yes right like and and he gets called up to the stairs by by uh, the sydney pollock guy and yeah, he's almost like, whew, I did not want to go to the end of the rainbow with these two. He gets his ass saved from having to have sex like nine different times mm-hmm. over a two-day period. And he looks kind of, his emotions are so hard to read each time because it is just a man getting clowned constantly. <laughs> and middle of this movie, you realize there's been so many scenes where Cruz is just kind of like, where the other person's been talking for a while and it just cuts back to him like with his mouth open and his eyes narrowed, just like, uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Maybe don't ask your wife about her sex dreams because then 20 minutes later when she's still going on and on about it and you're sitting there just like, uh-huh, sure. So it's just him just <laughs> showing he has no game whatsoever the whole whole movie. Yeah. It's perfect. But, like... Even without the game, it's like the prostitute that he does like go into her house. Like it's like no, you don't have to pay me money. He's he's just <laughs> got that charm of a Tom Cruise. He has. It's like all... a curse, and uh, yeah, it's just so funny to see him. And he's always in profile in this movie, right? And you're just seeing this big Tom Cruise head, dude. Just did you see how these... huge his head looked in these scenes? <laughs> it's amazing. It's like when you notice Adam Scott. Jesus. <laughs> like, all of these actors got big heads. Yeah. Every actor you meet up close, their heads are gigantic. Kubrick's like, let's see this head. Let's see this thing. There was a profile shot. It's when he's it's when he's in bed and him and Kidman are, are smoking pot. Mm-hmm. And I love a good couple smoking pot in bed scene. Very That's realistic uh, depiction of a couple of 30-somethings smoking pot. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I really, I mean, I really like the uh, Craig T. Nelson uh-huh. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> Joe That's the only, one I, one. the only other one I could think <laughs> of. It's the benchmark. <laughs> yeah. This one is just, this goes all the wrong ways. But that's the thing with Cruise in this movie is he is Tom Cruise charming. Mm-hmm. He looks like Tom Cruise. He is charming like Tom Cruise. But a lot of the appeal of this older Tom Cruise is like, 
is he's also kind of a dweeb. Definitely. He's also kind of a dweeb. And this movie kind of really balances those dweeby. He's a, the way this man tells everybody he meets that he's a doctor. Oh, yeah. Like they're just supposed to be, to, to coin a phrase, tripping over his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tells everyone he's a doctor like as if they're, he's expecting them to be like, oh. He shows his ID like he's a detective. Yeah. This it's, is like this is like uh, Atkins in Halloween Three, just like solving a mystery as a doctor. You get deeper into this movie and you realize how perfect this casting is because it's really this guy wanting to be, wanting what the elites have, right? Right. He has this Central Park West apartment and Nicole Kidman, right, and a live-in what maid nanny, whatever. Mm-hmm. Guy's doing pretty good. Pretty well, right? Got a daughter. You know, he's got a great practice. He's a good doctor. Yeah, well-respected doctor. But you see that but, these homes that the real money makers are mm-hmm. in, right? And he just wants it. And he is below that level. And there's a big jump between the richest doctor and, you know, the billionaire class. Yeah. It's light years away, right? And he is seeing these light years. Oh, there's a whole art floor. In his house, whenever somebody lives in a house that just looks like a castle, oh yeah, you know, you know that's a bump up. When you, yeah, when you've got the gate and you have to drive from the gate to the house, we'll drive you up to the house. Yeah, Oof. and <laughs> he wants this, and it's like this little man Napoleon syndrome. So of course they cast like a six, five seven guy, mm-hmm. right? Put him the, against all the tallest women in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, the tallest models they could find anyways. <laughs> no, they need, needed Gina Davis yeah, in really. here to just dwarf him. And the way he shows his ID to everybody that would be technically lower class than him. Mm-hmm. It's like it really makes him go into overdrive that like, it's okay, I'm a doctor. Right. He uses it to get into the costume shop. You know, he uses it, yeah, to, to see the, the woman in the morgue. Yeah, any instance. It's like a, the immediate card he draws. There's a big theme of, you know, everybody has a price running through this. The way he's like, man, he's paying a cab driver 50 bucks extra. Man, he's paying this costume shop guy, you know, 200 bucks extra. In the grand scheme of things, chicken scratch. That's nothing. Right? It's exactly. nothing, right? It, I would not personally be like, look, man, I'll give you 200 bucks if you stay, if you stay openly. You're like, I couldn't swing that. I don't yeah. have that kind of jade. So that, but if you thought you were difference. going to a billionaire orgy party, maybe throw down the two hundred dollars. <laughs> maybe put a little deposit. You're in saying there. later on when you're just like, should have thrown down the two. You probably should have done. Just that. Like, eating an Amy's burrito at home, just like, nah. What else am I gonna? What am I gonna buy Blu-rays for this two hundred? What the am burrito I, all what over I your cloak. Yeah, <laughs> she already got this cloak. Gotta pay the cleaning fee on this cloak. But uh, this party, yeah, this sexy flirtatiousness that's going on and it nicole kidman is is a married woman who is really literally dancing around this fact the way she balances the fact that i don't know if she's gonna fuck this hungarian guy or if this is just a thing they do where maybe that's how really hot people just have to get used to be their marriage being Mm -hmm. like look people are gonna be drawn to us everywhere we go like i don't know well, uh, and you, yeah, you almost get the sense later they talk about how he's not jealous of her because Tom Cruise trusts her because it's his wife. And, uh, yeah, you get the sense she wants him, you know, she's trying to get jealous. Yes. Trying to get that jealousy out. 
Um, yeah, it's a very interesting way to start the movie with her and the Hungarian dancing so much. Um, it's really front loaded with way more Kidman and Hungarian man. Yeah, there's a and lot Cruz. of that, and then the yeah, and then Cruz is really like the rest of the movie. Like Nicole Kidman is such a secondary character what? who's just you know they yeah they they go to the party, then the, you see the next day is like normal life, and he's working and he's a doctor just like looking at a guy's leg, you know. She, and she's stuff. just eating cereal. She's just yeah watching looking the after kid. The daughter. Yeah, and uh, they smoke a little pot, and then they getting their usual fight that you kind of sense they do a lot. <laughs> it's felt from, yeah. And she tries to upset him by telling him that she had this desire to sleep with a naval officer. Not that she did anything, just that she wanted to, and she would have, like, given it up. She's laying it on, man. She, she's trying to hurt Tom him. Tom Cruise. She's trying to hurt him. You know. And and he's, like, tr- trying to prove that she can't hurt him almost. The uh, The Hungarian man says to her, you know, to be married, you have to be good at deception mm-hmm. marriage is the ultimate deception and already he's already lying to her in the beginning because at this party Sidney pollock calls him upstairs to like because a prostitute almost ods Sidney pollock by the way Man. what a what a casting in this movie <laughs> i love Sidney pollock he's great apparently originally harvey keitel yeah i think i Couldn't, read that obviously a Harvey Keitel role. And, uh, yeah, he did not get along with Mr. Kubrick, from what I heard. Yeah. And, like, quit. God, I want video of that. I want Keitel having to do his 68th take and just (laughs) losing it. Losing it. And you know Keitel was, like, itching to show dick in well that's probably again, that's right? probably what happened yeah he was in that scene we see we see Sidney pollock like putting his pants on yeah Kytel's probably like why don't i just walk around naked the whole scene yeah kubrick's like we're not like, doing it we're harvey. not doing that harvey sorry <laughs> that would like, be come on now you know you know, you know what I, do. I mean it'd be good casting because if you know there's a sex party you know harvey Kytel's in the movie you're like i know what we're seeing <laughs> and then if you don't it's like you slide dog <laughs> kubrick you slide dog I love the way Pollock is pulling up his suspenders with no shirt. No shirt. He looks Ooh. like looks like a circus strongman in the forties. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Big barrel physique on Sidney Pollock that I wasn't totally expecting. Yeah. I like how Tom Cruise, the doctor, doesn't do anything to help this woman except tell her to wake up. He just kinda guides her through like a bad trip. Yeah, he's just kinda after asks a, her to open her eyes. After he, she takes a speedball. Yeah. You know, whatever they call it. Sidney Pollock says, like, <laughs> like he doesn't know, like he didn't buy the drugs. Yeah, he's whenever you're in, like letting a girl shoot up <laughs> in the upstairs in an upstairs billiards room of your party, right? Like, I don't While know, your wife is downstairs. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever they do, I don't know. We were just hanging out. Yeah, Pollock, oh, and then and then he's like, he's like, yeah, she had some heroin and speed and anything else, you know, a couple of drinks, no big deal. <laughs> just. <laughs> Yeah, that was oh, it. Oh, besides the heroin and speed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a couple drinks. Yeah, shooting up a speedball at like an elite party. Mm. That's a level of living that I have not experienced. That is, well, yeah, and that's Tom Cruise getting that glimpse of like, this is what goes on in the privacy, you know, uh, yeah, upstairs. And uh, I think that would surprise any of us. I think that would be a real slap to the face. If He any... handles it pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's pretty a professional. Well, it's so ironic because. Kidman and Cruz's fight the next day. So again, he yeah. Cruz lies to her about what he was doing at the party. She thinks That's it's way true. worse. She thinks he disappeared because he was off fucking broads. She has no idea her husband has no game exactly. whatsoever. And those broads were 
history. The second he got pulled upstairs, they're like, let's find like that Hungarian dude. Yeah, that guy was exactly. ready to go. We need some cash. We were laying it on for this, for yeah. this little doctor, and he was not picking it up. And so that he's already lying to her, and she thinks it's from the go. Everybody, everybody in this movie just thinks their partner's up to something way worse. We're, we don't get any answers. Mm-hmm. Did Nick Nightingale get the shit beaten out of him and thrown in a gutter? I don't know. <laughs> Is he in Seattle? Maybe. I don't know who to believe. Nobody's given anybody. any real answers. And also, everybody else is accusing each other, just not given real answers. Every conversation in this movie is people lightly beating around the bush, mm-hmm. except when it's Nicole Kidman detailing all of the ways she wants other men that aren't Tom Cruise to take her. <laughs> then we get into, like, vivid detail. Everything else is just <laughs> yeah, hinting at, right? That pot made her really aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Did. But I, that that big head shot of him—that's when I first really went like, "Man, the dome on this guy." They showed him because he's like shirtless, looking good, mm-hmm. ripped, also looking like 135 pounds. <laughs> he's yeah. like a bantam weight, just a tiny little guy, right? And then they do that profile shot, and it is just a massive head resting on that buff little body. Can't believe he didn't show it. If Crystal can show it, seems like in running scared. <laughs> Cruz can't like man no respect Mm -hmm. but once he makes the uh, mistake of listening and not interrupting his wife going on and she is laying it on thick yeah she She is going for the jugular exactly this story she's letting him know that she would have she would have left him left the kids dropped everything just for one night with this naval officer and uh, the relief that she felt when, when when the naval officer was gone and this and that. And yeah, they were like on holiday and yeah. they, she kept running into this man. And and, and uh, makes a good point, too, of like how they, they made love in the afternoon, but she was thinking of the other guy. That hurts. That's that a, that's that a is stinger. taking it to such a next... Look, we all think about uh, members of the opposite sex. It is impossible for an attractive woman to knock walk past go, <laughs> well... But Cruz shows us how difficult that would be if this attractive woman, that you, hypothetical woman, came up to you and was ready to go. I'm sure I would immediately turn into a Woody Allen, like, well, exactly. <laughs> I was not really, well, yeah. wasn't actually. We would not have fared better <laughs> yeah. in, this, in, in any of these scenarios as he did. He the, is really the everyman. The, the way he presents uh, Tom Cruise in this movie, he flounders and blows it, but... He does have this clear confidence with Nicole Kidman, mm. of all of all people, right? Yeah. He and she knows it, and she, we get the sense, is getting sick of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and needs to knock him down a peg. This movie, this movie spends all of its time knocking him down pegs, and he has to keep lying about it, so she has no idea how many pegs he's getting taken down right. already. That's true. It's almost like he's too happy with his life. <laughs> And she's like, hey, man, I'm not feeling so great. So why don't you come down to my level a little bit and get a little of those, you know, those doubts we, and uh, In life, that we I have. get met with these moments where we always want more. We always mm-hmm. want what somebody else has, right? The grass is always greener. And we are afforded occasionally these opportunities to find out that the grass is not always greener. You know, we might take on a new job that, 
turns out to be terrible. And then it's like, well, turns out, <laughs> yeah. turns out I was better off like where I was at. Like we don't know always, right? But we're afforded these chances without completely upending our life. And he has seen now this glimpse of how it could be better. So much so that it's almost made him forget about his smoke and wife mm-hmm. and his very nice apartment and very well-respected practice. And it turns him into this crazy guy who's like needs to seek validation, but kind of doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, and, and I think it's a, such a much more relatable uh, dilemma at, at my age now, watching this movie now, rather than when I'm 20. Yeah. And not having had those... Because, yeah, the, the movie is just... There's so much of that... Try, wanting wanting to see the other side. Yeah, like you said, wanting to get... Uh, I saw the little video talking about how the Garden of Eden, right? Like, he's trying to get into the good the good place. Life without consequence. Right. You know? And uh, the same thing could be said about, uh, you know, social media and the way people are showing the good sides of themselves. You know, the influencers trying to tell oh, you yeah. they're living this great life and the the jealousy or the resentment that that could cause someone and yeah when you're uh when you're working a hard job and you got a kid and you you got all these responsibilities Mm -hmm. and maybe you only get out to the party once every now and then like their their life isn't all the party you know and uh it's it was a yeah watching this movie honestly this this week was like kind of a gut punch for (laughs) there was a lot in it that i really was like yeah i get it And the shame that comes along with that, mm because you know it's wrong to want that. Yeah. And when he portrays the shame, yeah. And the whole second half of the movie is is about the shame and uh, the embarrassment that comes with wanting this better life. And uh, yeah, no more so than than yeah when he finally is like out trying to score. You know, once he's heard that his wife had fantasies of another man, now he's like, well, let me go see what's out there for me. Yeah, I should bit. have every. I'm a doctor. Yeah, the world. I the world is open for me. And uh, he's he's tries. You know, he, he first he has that really awkward interaction where the woman whose father has died calls him over to to see the you know I guess record the death maybe. Yeah, and she tries to get with him, man, and he denies her. And then Greg from Dharma and Greg shows up. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the, Tom Cruise after getting ensues. after getting just verbally dressed down by his wife. Man, when Nicole Nicole Kidman was a real goof during some parts of this scene. Definitely, oh. def- it's got to be so hard to act like the double over belly ache laugh kind of acting. It's tough. And and there you're is high. <laughs> there is no. The only unrealistic thing in the movie is the idea of Tom Cruise like sparking a joint. Exactly. Yeah. I can... <laughs> like... And that really, yeah, that that really did feel like no one on set had ever smoked weed. Yeah. <laughs> that... <laughs> the idea of Tom Cruise of all people just sparking one up, like I do not buy it, buddy. <laughs> his his acting through this movie, this is arguably the greatest Cruise performance because nobody has shown this much figurative ass. Just getting to look like a guy with everything who keeps just like like the ice cubes slipping out of his hand over mm-hmm. and over, right? And once Nicole Kimmon just dressed him down, when she dropped, as silly as she was being, when she dropped, and yet at no point was he out of my mind. Mm. That's just a 
lesser things have made me spiral than that right when the woman that you went through saying you trust you're not worried about her she gets so upset when she finds out he derives no pleasure whatsoever from touching a boob at work alice i'm a doctor (laughs) (laughs) and i know he's so serious he's so matter of fact uh if this guy was just a it always boils down to communication brother this guy would just say, you'll never believe what Ziggler called me up there to do. Mm-hmm. He thinks this is his ticket to the elites, helping Ziggler out with this almost dead body. The hooker with the great tits. Yeah. <laughs> who ODs upstairs at the party, right? I believe that's what Sidney Pollock called her. Absolutely. Or as I know him, tough man Albert Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> we want sinister Albert right. Brooks. Who if, do we get? Yeah. Combine Burgess Meredith and Albert Brooks. No. What a great what a great casting for Pollock. The way he's just walking around, kind of rubbing his head while he's just wearing his furry chest hair sweater. Yeah. Under his suspenders. Man, I would have loved to see how Kaitel did that. Can you imagine Kaitel and Cruise in the same scene? I don't think I can. I probably probably would have made just, Tom Cruise look a lot taller. Just two little jack guys. Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> just little buff boys just like wondering what to do puffed, about this dead chest body. Puffed out. But if Cruise would have just been honest, she thinks he's up there plowing two girls, mm-hmm. doesn't believe him when he says no cuz she saw everybody saw how these girls were guaranteed putting out for this guy, right? All he had to do was just tell her what he did. He could have avoided that whole story because we've seen how clinically he deals with a tremendous rack. (laughs) This prostitute is just barely motionless. I don't think that guy took a peek. No. He is focused on business, right? I believe when he's telling his wife, like, no, it's, it's a doctor's appointment. Like, I'm a doctor. Like... He did not look like a guy who cared at all about boobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She's like, well, what about any, um, what do the women feel? They probably feel relief that I tell them they don't have cancer. It's like, oh, oh brother. I get it. I get why she wants to knock this guy down, right? Yeah. This guy, the noble doctor. He's got an answer for everything. I think that's what, she, she wanted to leave him without the answer, you know. Yeah, because he has... That whole conversation between them, he's just such a like, well, I trust you. I didn't do anything, and I know you don't do anything, so He is so not gotten to for the first 15 minutes of the movie, and for the last two and a half hours, he is constantly gotten to. (laughs) Right. Everybody's getting this guy, right? But yeah, she was laying it on thick. And after he just has the worst high conversation with his wife, then he has the worst conversation with a patient's daughter. Then he gets gay bashed. Then he yeah. gets... <laughs> like, yeah. This guy is just angrily trying to, like, just have it get, get laid on Christmas time and just keeps running into the worst situations. Just boner killers. Yeah. And every and then, yeah, he, he this woman agrees to go up to literally throwing herself yeah. on him after her father just passed. And, yep. you know, you see him again handling this with... A clinician's elegance, right? A bedside manner of like, this is a very tough time for you. Yeah. But you also wonder, and the movie wordlessly <laughs> implies, like, what if the woman had been hot? What if she had been, uh, you know, the woman was not unattractive, 
Yeah. But you get the sense that, you know, Tom Cruise knows but where she was, he's yeah. at. She's yeah, this this bereaved daughter of the of the dead man is telling her, telling him she loves him and doesn't want to marry her fiance and uh yeah, that's awkward. It's that awkward. is definitely awkward. After you've yeah, because he's high. The thing you got to remember too is he's high. He has to go this out whole and, night. And, yeah, record the death. He is high. They smoked a <laughs> whole joint, right? And he's so, a he's a little guy. You and do so kind you know of that you whole... do kind of forgive him for kind of not getting it because it's it's a bunch of scenes the whole night of him just like not getting it <laughs> until it's too late. Not getting it and not giving up. <laughs> not giving up. So we said at the top this is a Christmas movie. This is no oh, yeah. cheat. This is not like a technically it happens. Like Christmas is in every scene. That's true. Of we this do, movie, yeah, it is neon Christmas lights everywhere you look. This trees movie, in every room, crazy. You talk about you know it was supposed to be a big blockbuster. It it was a summer movie. Hmm. This came hmm. out in the middle of July. This movie set during Christmas Probably time. Didn't help. Yeah, middle of July. This was a big big movie. That's funny. Because it's literally a Christmas tree in every prostitute's living room. <laughs> every every prostitute. Lights every in every article. room in the, in New York. It's like they must have handed out lights to people in New York. So Kubrick is a guy who, you know, always uses like natural lighting. Not every shot, but mm-hmm. you see a movie like Barry Lyndon was famous for its meticulously natural lighting. And... Wouldn't you know, Barry Lyndon's one of the most incredible-looking movies in film history, right? We got to do a Lyndon, mm-hmm. Lyndon cast. Um, I love how Christmas lights look on film. In Black Christmas, when a couple of the scenes are just shot with those Christmas lights, I have Christmas lights up in my house just because I love how a Christmas light looks as the only source totally. of light. There are... Almost every shot of this movie. Now I was really looking. I've seen the movie a few times, mm-hmm. and but probably hadn't seen it in eight or ten years. This mm. was a good jump back in. And I did forget just how Christmassy this movie is. I remember it being set at Christmas. I remember, you know, some scenes being... No, Christmas is in every scene, except the orgy. They don't celebrate. They worship a that different god. That was the god. one scene I was not looking for the wreath. No. The door. Yeah. <laughs> You do not want to see where the wreath is. Didn't hanging notice on. the wreath. <laughs> and but every scene. Another thing that I really noticed this time, which I don't think I noticed when I was 17, mm-hmm. 18 in the theater, how blatantly every shot in this movie is like on a sound stage. Oh yeah. Totally. I love it. I love the meticulous creation of, I don't know, Greenwich Village, wherever, wherever village, he's totally. at the village. Yep. But it is this weird i don't really need to get into the dream like or the fantasy like but this is clearly some kind of weird fantasy fable and so having a clear set of new york that's not quite as bustling as mm-hmm. new york is we've been to new york it's constant it's obnoxious yeah it's just noise every time there's not a night in new york in any time of year that exists like the nights where he's going out doesn't doesn't exist you can go out on the coldest night of the year it's filled with noise. Totally. And so it's this weird kind of too quiet New York that looks so accurate. But the way it is lit is just, it's incredible. It looks, yeah, it's it's definitely got, there's like two blocks worth of New York that you see in every shot. That everything is located in. Um, and it's, uh, 
it kind of looks like a West Side Story like version of New York. Very like, much. It's got just almost yeah the stage play look to it, uh, which is great. And yeah, the I, whole movie was I love that filmed in England. Time. Yep, this is not yeah. an American production. Also, famously known as just an absolute chore of a filming. Right, that's another reason this movie was so famous because they filmed it for over a year. Yeah, Cruz and Kidman were tied up for like a year and a that's half crazy. making this movie. I'm sure that's why Kaito. And I feel like it was like three years total, like for it to get, come come out finally. Right. Yeah, and then he literally dies within a week of final edit, which then just adds more like mystery of is this really his edit? Mm-hmm. Like you know, did somebody else take over this movie? No, no questions getting answered about this. Just like never nothing's gonna, answered. Yeah, right? you're really never going to know. The the one thing that made me feel like this might have been an unfinished thing was just the the one repeating musical motif throughout the whole movie. Like you get the sense, or I got the sense that they were like, we we know he approved this one <laughs> piano piece to be used. That's pretty much it, guys. We're I, just going to have to use this one thing the whole time. If if you listen to the score for 2001, the which is a really cool, really weird score, probably the first like experimental music mm-hmm. that I listened to because I just heard these weird sounds on my Saturday night PBS <laughs> broadcast, checked it out of the library, the long play. and it's just... It's not all uh, thus spake Zarathrusta, right? It's a there's one track that's 15 minutes that's just guys kind of calling out and little like ho ho ho, like back and forth. So <laughs> now Kubrick oh, was yeah. into weird shit, right? The weird choral stuff in 2001 is so unsettling. Yes, yeah. yeah I was a teenager to listen to that. I'd never heard that kind of experimental music before, right? It changed changed everything, and um, so. There are a few different cues that sound similar in this movie. They're all variations on a one piano note. I fully buy into him just being like, no, that's the note. Yeah. Picture picture them driving up to the overlook. They're just like, nah, just hold out some notes for a while. You know, it's not all the crazy uh, synthesizers of uh, Wendy Carlos. <laughs> Clockwork Orange, right? This guy has an ear for music, so I get... I get the unfinished sense of it, but I I really liked that one piano key kind of drilling itself mm-hmm. into this. It it does. It does that job. There was the Chris Isaac ad, and then I remember the ad with this piano yeah. cue. You exactly. Know? You get these lush classical interpretations. You know, at the parties, you always hear these big band versions of In the Mood for Love or those kind of things, right? But that... The experimental stuff where it's just Tom Cruise making a dumb guy face. <laughs> While these piano, one piano well, note with like his hands playing. in his overcoat pocket, just kind of. Yeah. I think I'm still not deterred. <laughs> I'm going to quadruple down on my bad choices. I need to get a cloak at two in the morning. These slow drilling piano keys really feel just like these slow, dumb gears moving in his head. It's always accompanying him kind of slowly going somewhere where he's kind of like knows he's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's just like a dumb guy. <laughs> dumb guy, Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Cute. But I really did like the scene with him and the prostitute. I really liked him meeting the hooker with the heart of gold. <laughs> yep. I miss hanging out in 
hot girls dirty ass apartments <laughs> <laughs> that was like a distinct college and, and a little after where we her, all had apartments yeah, her room feels like a college dorm kind of oh thing, man right? i miss dirty ass girl apartments <laughs> you know and there's again, some the christmas lights up kind of over the bed the unmade bed yeah the christmas lights those lights are going to be there in april those stuff. are in august the sink is unusable due to makeup the toilets are just as bad as the worst dudes sharing a house bathroom you've ever seen, right? You know she's got at least a couple stacks of tarot cards. Yeah. In there, right? But again, the, the living room is just big enough for a tree, and they got the Christmas tree in there. They're celebrating. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I and love yeah. her. I love when she's walking through their little dirty kitchen. She goes, sorry, maid's day off. <laughs> like, oh, man, this girl's charming. I think maybe this was her first time being a prostitute also. She's she's pretty awkward as far as the talking about money and and uh, the whole th- the, there's a lot of really funny bits in this movie that aren't played like like for last but them being like what do you recommend? No, it's and, a very funny movie. And her being like, "What do I recommend?" <laughs> yeah. This movie is an intentionally <laughs> funny movie. Like it is supposed to be ridiculous okay. that Tom Cruise is telling people he's a like, "It's okay, I'm a doctor." I'm a like do- <laughs> flashing the badge like he's like Scully and yeah, but just yeah, it's just you can see someone else really taking it and making it like broadly funny. But yeah, just the way he's like, he's like, "You live here." Like this is it, it's just the way he's like questioning everything. Well, as... I'm pretty sure he was. The emphasis was on live because he yeah. wanted to make sure it wasn't just like a, the rented fuck shack. That's true. That all the girls use, like you live. But yeah, here? so but yeah, so it's a prostitute using her own place to bring these Johns home. She's like, "What do I recommend?" It's like, dude, what? Like, rec- like, if you're a pro, recommend some stuff. Like, so, let them know. The least game <laughs> line of all time is. Tom Cruise asking, what do you recommend? Her read of, what do I recommend? Like she really was just like, who is this guy? So, you know, the, an important key to, to, to prostitution is matching your potential John's energy. You know, you don't want to like smooth talk or over like seem like you've been here before with a guy. If Tom Cruise has given off awkward energy, yeah. I kind of viewed it as her giving back his kind of like, Mm, I don't know, oh, like yeah, you know, yeah. beating around it, and then that. What do you? What do I recommend? Was her just the veil kind of dropping? Just like this guy is. What a <laughs> lameo! Like this guy's got nothing. Well, it's kind of one of those two where it's just like, how long is this negotiation going to take here, guy? Like, let's go. Yeah, in the, the in the room. The I don't know, doctor. I recommend the blowjob is super. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what Tell me, you, is there a menu? Uh, <laughs> Maybe if maybe should I circle <laughs> spots on my body for you to like focus on yeah. like cruise buddy. <laughs> so I think the veil drops and she has this like r- real sexy line like once they've kind of like made the deal you know agreed upon a price mm-hmm. and she says something like don't worry I I don't pay attention to the time like whew, that's what makes me think this is not uh, this this girl knows how to talk there you go. she was lulling this guy in and then his wife calls and then the wife calls and he picks oh. it up mm-hmm. That's didn't like, have to pick it up these elites are sociopaths every one of them to a man you don't get past a certain financial level in life without being like a sociopath with 
no empathy. Right. Right? It's impossible. You don't get that much wealth. Can't do it. They're not asking what's what's going to happen to those hookers at the party. No. They don't care. And Tom Cruise is an idiot in this, but also, got to hand it to, an actual good guy. Mm-hmm. This is like a good guy who's like trying to do bad. And he sucks totally. at it. He's so bad at doing bad. He yep. has every doing bad thing. Like, the, like this is my chance to do cocaine. He's the guy at the party that would just hem and haw until the, the coke was gone, right? Hem and haw. That's, that's what he does in this movie. That is it right there. That is the phrase. <laughs> we got it. He spends two and a half hours hemming and fucking hawing. <laughs> so hard. He's such a dweeb. He's <laughs> the most beautiful, like, dweeb, right? With the job. Like, you tell so many girls in the Bronx that you're a doctor and you yeah. look like that. You're in. Nope. He has everything on his side. Can't do it. Answers the phone. This guy doesn't really want to do bad. But I think he keeps getting intrigued on how much farther he can keep pushing this. Yeah. That's Jeffrey Beaumont. He doesn't want to do bad. (laughs) When Jeffrey Beaumont finds a human ear in a field, he is not thinking about like, I'm going to get into some pretty rough sex with (laughs) Isabella Rossellini in a day or two. Not thinking about it, right? But once it's presented to you, it's this curiosity of like, oh, I mean, I gotta see what's happening down on Lincoln. Right. I gotta see what's happening down at the slow club. It's like, just, yeah, it's like he's almost daring himself, right? Like pushing it. Yeah, like you said, pushing it further and further. But yeah, calls because, or answers the call because he is concerned, wants to make sure everything's okay at the house. Uh, does lie to Nicole Kidman saying that he's again? still at the, you know, at the, the dead guy's house every but then decides not to sleep with the hooker like doesn't do the ultimate betrayal yeah thing and still pays her so he's such an upstanding guy every conversation between nicole kim and tom cruise is an exercise and if they had just been honest and Mm. communicated like this could have stopped this you didn't have to go out to uh (laughs) i do also like somerset it cuts to nicole kidman like absolutely having the munchies she is <laughs> in the kitchen at 2 a.m just scarfing Tom, Tom Cruise is in a, is a <laughs> prostitute's apartment and Nicole Kidman is eating a sleeve of snack wells yeah that's right in night what better way to, for Kubrick to capture the pulse of 90s America than to remember how insane people were for snack wells devil's food cookies <laughs> my god this the boxes of those cookies my family and i went to and she is just housing them absolutely tom cruise is having the he his wife got high dressed him down brutally and now he has just been on this awful after hours <laughs> like new york it's, yeah. i was totally <laughs> thinking of after hours the whole the whole time watching this movie yeah it's like because a lot, because I was thinking a lot of Lynch too, watching it, right, and it just the look, this got these gothic hallways. Once they these... get to the Sonata Jazz Club, hard yeah. not to think of Lynch. Exactly right, yeah, and the whole, yeah, the whole thing when when Cruz returns from the orgy and he's coming in, I just picture Beaumont going like, pretty good, yeah, went it pretty went, good, it went all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once he's seen a world that he never knew existed, he's like, yeah, it went pretty good. But it's also, yeah, it's also very much like an after hours odyssey through the city right and it's also kind of like stanley kubrick saying don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> yeah it really is yeah you maybe you don't want to see what's that. at the end of the rainbow yeah right maybe maybe you should just be happy with your snack wells exactly they're good enough for the elites huh and well and that's the yeah just to kind of jump ahead that's the part that 
really has stuck with me is the end where Nicole Kidman says, you know, we should be grateful that we've survived this and we should keep doing it as long as we can. And that was just such a, like, that was, that felt like I needed to hear that kind of thing, right? Like, keep going. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Even, even when you get kicked down to the basest level and you're back at the shopping mall watching your kid run around with giant stuffed teddy bears and everything's terrible and you should be grateful for what you got. I mean, it's perspective, right? Yeah. And this guy has everything. <laughs> this guy has, you know, a big a life that would make, what, 98% mm-hmm. of humans jealous, right? And it's perspective. It's 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 the greener pastures, right? We all get... You'd yeah. be married to the most beautiful one. It's We've talked about this before, how it's impossible for Hollywood couples to last because you're you're falling in love with a new most beautiful woman you've ever seen right mm-hmm. you watch uh, ryan gosling and ava mendez in the place beyond the pines like how could they not fall in love this movie they're they're gorgeous they have yeah. insane chemistry like if you told me that george clooney and jennifer lopez had sex a ton after out of sight i'm like yeah obviously of course you would yeah like antonio banderas and salma hayek and desperado probably because how could you not? When Ewan McGregor leaves his wife for Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Like, yeah, gonna happen, I guess. <laughs> right? How could you not? Oh, yeah, I just have to pretend to fall in love with this woman for three months. Mm-hmm. You know, just us two good-looking people. Like, yeah, it's bound to fail. Every marriage bound to fail in Hollywood, right? And, yeah, that message of, you should be grateful. Like, put things in perspective, right? Look how much you do have. Yeah. He has a lot. You know, Sur- surviving the the real and the imagined, he causes trauma, a bunch of havoc for tons of other people. Yeah, everybody below him, he messes up their lives. Totally, he's he's around them for them getting the worst. He gets gets his buddy Nick beaten up. I wish we knew a little bit more about this relationship between Tom Cruise, Bill Bill Hartford, and Bill Hartford Nick and, Nightingale. Yeah, ooh. Nick Nightingale. Well, and yeah, Nightingale's kind of that first glimpse in like, oh, what if I had dropped out of med school and pursued some artistic passion and then maybe I could be at these elite parties yeah. playing. And... He is he is jealous of Nick Nightingale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A guy who, you know, is going wherever the gigs are he's while his family's 3,000 miles away from his kids. And Tom yeah. Cruise hits this, you can tell he's, also I love that it's not a stage name. Like as Tom Cruise approaches him and goes, Nightingale. That's like, totally, oh, that's yeah. just a, a jazz pianist just born Nick Nightingale. Wow. Pretty good. It's like, I guess, Butler's born Jeeves. Like, <laughs> well, you, know, you know what you're doing. You're not made for med school, Nick. The, yeah. pia- the jazz pianos Dr. call out your name. Nightingale doesn't sound right. You're, you're going to spend your nights playing piano next to a guy in a stand-up bass until you die. <laughs> <laughs> it's been decided. But he is like weirdly jealous. They don't, they don't show his jealousy. But you can see Nightingale is not totally jealous of Cruz's life. No, yeah. Nightingale seems kind of because Cruz is like, man, I can't believe you dropped out. And Nightingale's just like, well, eh. <laughs> doesn't care. We don't get any story why. I, I'm assuming this was only, but they must have been close because what? They're probably 15 years out of med school. I don't think I would have recognized many people that I went to college with 15 yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah, you get the sense these guys partied together. Yeah, the, w- the way they're punching each other in the body a lot. Yeah. It's the most body punch talking 
kind of socking him in the Cruz shoulder. Just again, kind of having like too much of a laugh, like too, a little too much of a smile. Seeing Nightingale, where even Nick Nightingale is kind of like, yeah, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, good to see you. <laughs> the Tom Cruise over laugh is perfect. Tom Cruise has that annoy. It's like the Ron DeSantis learning how to laugh. Yep. Laugh. Tom Cruise has that. Just, it's great. Ben Stiller can do a fake good Tom Cruise laugh. Oh yeah, laugh. definitely see that. But uh, but also you know that's just because he's living the best. He is living the best life and just yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, he comes off nerdily sincere through all this. Nicole Kidman accuses him of never answering anything, but it seems like he's more just a guy without a lot of like. He's good at his job. He's good at his family. He's good. But he doesn't view me as a guy with, like, passion, mm-hmm. hobbies. You know, I think he's just a guy without much to uh, much to share. And now he's seeing how things could be. Right. How different they could be. I love his kind of almost chance uh, run-in with the Sonata Jazz Club. Nightingale's playing party, uh, you know, playing the piano at uh, mm-hmm. Ziegler's party. Got a residency at the Sonata all week. The fakest looking jazz club in New York City. (laughs) I love how fake the not real New York storefronts look. When they're just like, we need to come up with a fake restaurant. It looks so perfectly fake. I love the, yeah, the jazz Sonata club with the big picture of Nightingale right there on the the front. And Cruz is like, kind of inspects it. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I will go in here. (laughs) I will. I think I've I struck will out check twice it. tonight. I better go uh, see what Nightingale's up to. <laughs> if I don't know why this is funny to me, but other than just Tom Cruise is funny in this whole movie, he is funny. There are no jokes. I don't think. Maybe there's a joke. We'll get to him. But his when he orders a beer, it sounded like the first time he's ever said the word beer. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting Tom Cruise to get a beer. Maybe a, like maybe a Negroni. I don't know. Uh, later on in the movie, the least realistic thing I've ever seen in any Kubrick movie is Tom Cruise taking a Budweiser <laughs> out of the fridge. Oh, God. The taste of Budweiser. You cannot convince me that if Tom Cruise took one sip of Budweiser that it would just not corrode his insides like <laughs> like acid. It'd be like, like a Victorian child eating Takis. Just like... <laughs> Just soak through their rib cage immediately, dead. The way he's sitting there popping Budweiser, the worst tasting beer yep. possible. The classic. Mm. I almost Bud. brought some Budweisers tonight. Oh, man, I would have drank it. <laughs> I would have done it. I that is, I cannot not make a face there. My next door neighbor's dad drank Budweiser Classic, and if he had had opens in the fridge, it's just like you could smell it. That yeah. permanently stale beer. God, Healdsburg was a big Budweiser town. And I would go around picking up cans for some scratch mm-hmm. to afford, so I wouldn't have to steal my VHS <laughs> steaks. Um, there was so many cans of Bud in the Healdsburg parks, and let me tell you, the smell of Budweiser sitting in a can, like for who knows how many days, that is a smell I will not forget. And I just cannot picture Tom Cruise being able to ingest that stuff. It's uh, yeah, for a doctor on Central Park West to be. Buying Budweiser. Seems like a stretch. But this is before the craft beer revolution. (laughs) Sure, this is 99. We didn't have our... (laughs) But yeah, so him just getting a beer and what Nightingale orders, like, you know, a vodka tonic. Like a drink. Like a guy. (laughs) Like a guy at a jazz club, Tom. But 
Worst timing ever. Running into this guy is the worst thing that happened to Nick Nightingale. This guy has made peace with dropping out of med school. He's not bothered. It wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. Running into Tom Cruise. Worst thing that happened to his trip to New York. Yeah. I didn't think he'd actually show up at the jazz club. You know, when he invites, he says, hey, I'm playing at the Sonata all week. Come on down. Never thought he would actually see him. At yeah. Todd, jazz club. Oh, so Todd Field, by the way, is Nick Nightingale. Yeah. yeah. What a career. Todd Field. I love Todd Field, the character actor. He's like a less successful Edward Norton. Right. <laughs> but we talked in depth at Todd Field in our TAR podcast because... I know. I think of him as a director-writer. Yeah, yeah. More than... This man, he's basically... I kind of a, forgot that he was an actor. He was a well. child actor and acted up, you know, through the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. He was acting for 20 years. He, there's so many acting gigs. But then you do three powerhouse movies, In the Bedroom, Little Children, and tar still cannot believe that you're talking the two people that should have been walking away with oscars last year Mm -hmm. todd field for tar tom cruise for maverick and we're giving it to everything everywhere all at once that fate i know i remember us talking about the face when like that script wins instead of tar and todd field's just like yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) wearing his big old hat just like fucking kidding me (laughs) are you kidding me you kidding me with this? Yeah, so hot dog be, fingers. Yeah, it's going to win. That's Academy People Award. People are going to be talking worthy. about that in 20 years. Give it all the Oscars. <laughs> and Todd Field, Kate Blanchett are sitting there like, you mother. <laughs> Tom Cruise revitalized the industry. No. Tom Cruise, I would have bet money that he had won an Oscar this year for Magnolia. In 99. Yeah, yeah in 99. Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia. Arguably the two greatest Tom Cruise performances. I didn't realize he's never won an Oscar. They guys, they should have invented a new kind of Oscar to give him for Maverick. The guy who saved our balls. Yeah. Oscar. Just for you, Tom. He's a, yeah. And he's such a guy that he's both the movie star and, you know, especially in this time in the, in the early nineties too, like doing the, doing the difficult character, Oliver Stone, Oh, work, man. Right. Doing Born the, on the 4th of July is a tough character. Yeah. Right? Going toe-to-toe with Nicholson uh, in Few Good Men. Yeah. Like, he... Yeah, he's he's good at being in movies. He's pretty good. I'm so and, uh, in the bag for Cruise. Yeah. I, I went through the big... You know, there was a lot of propaganda against Tom Cruise as a supposed weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, then once you find out everybody's a weirdo, yeah. you're like, so am I just not going to like movies? Yeah. Am I is, just, that the, is that the it's option? Like, look, it's one thing to cancel, like, musicians, but, like, you really going to stop listening to the Rolling Stones? You know what stuff David Bowie was up to? We know Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis killed like at least a couple of his wives. Does that mean I'm throwing out all my Jerry Lewis? Come on. And so we have this amazing recent example of Todd Todd Field and Tom Cruise. Clearly the guys that should have walked away with Oscars, right? I was shocked that Eyes Wide Shut. No nominations. Nothing. Not a thing. Yeah. And it really did make me remember, oh, yeah, when this came out, like, not just polarizing, but I think you can say about every single Kubrick movie, it takes like five to ten years for everybody to realize, 
oh, that's right. Nothing like this has been done since. Mm -hmm. And now that we have 10 years to look back, nothing like it was done before. And you can say that about every one of his movies. And to the movie, most of them did not get that recognition when they came out. You know, some of them got Oscar. You know, he got Oscar nominations, but he won one Oscar. Yeah. For for the for the visual effects in two thousand one, which still look incredible, right today, absolutely. And but every single movie this guy did, the guy made what ten, eleven movies, and and yeah, again like thirteen years between Full Metal Jacket and this movie, and you know a bunch of failed projects in between. And he was gonna, wasn't he gonna do a Napoleon at one point? He was, yeah. He had all these things. He was he was gonna do Eyes Wide Shut in the eighties. Yeah, I think he had bought. What I read is like he had bought the rights to the book that this is based on, like in the '60s. Like this is something he wanted to do his whole life, and yeah. I, I think that I, knowing that and knowing, um, you know, Kubrick had every right to be bitter towards, I guess, the Hollywood or the film. Was he was world. he a bitter guy? I don't, I don't know. actually know that if he was a I don't guy I, happy with his say, outsider status or I'm going to say no because I think this movie kind of ends on that that note of like be grateful for what you got. And I think it's such an interesting movie to make as he's dying, you know, and and he's making this movie about a guy who wants maybe to see that extra echelon. Hmm. And wants to be invited to the party, you know. Sure. Kubrick's living in London. He's not really a part of the the Hollywood scene or the movie scene. Yeah, not at all. He doesn't make movies to this be had his own, entertaining necessarily. He had his own non celebrity wife and family, and he, was not a public yeah figure exactly. at all. And uh, so yeah, so he was very much like a nor like an everyman kind of art, working hard to make his to make his art, not just getting automatically financed for whatever dream project he wants. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting aspect of that when you're watching this movie, thinking about is if, if Stanley Kubrick is kind of speaking through these characters. I mean, his himself, like his the what happened? How personal is it? I guess. Yeah. Well, I, what I he wasn't around to see it, but what happened to Eyes Wide Shut really is an ex, is like an example of all the themes in Eyes Wide Shut. Where, like I said, if you had told me this movie made a hundred and sixty thousand worldwide before i looked it up today i would not have believed it because 160 that is, million worldwide. 160 yeah, million yeah, yeah. worldwide yeah because that was not how it was talked about at the time yeah this was viewed as like an expensive failure that it was in production for an eternity and it's really an example of what tom cruise is dealing with is like look if the elites don't want you in their club they're just not gonna let you in the club yeah exactly like, they're gonna find something to not like yeah your movie made 160 million far more money than any other Stanley Kubrick movie ever mm-hmm. made. Eh, but we're still not going to have But we didn't really like it. Yeah. No Oscar nominations is shocking. Because there is things in this movie that they would love to give Oscar nominations for. Costume design, if nothing else. Uh, you yeah. Know, when he finally gets the cloak and the... and Yeah, Nightingale tips him to the, to the orgies. Not really supposed to. Gives him the password. He decides, I'm going to show up at this castle in a taxi cab Dude, with a rented tux and, cl- and cloak. a boner. <laughs> this guy is such a doof. <laughs> I love the reveal at the end where it's like, yeah, we kind of knew <laughs> when you showed up in a taxi cab 
you didn't really belong at the party. <laughs> so I love when when Nightingale gets the uh, gets the call and he's writing down the uh, the password, right? And he goes like, "Yeah, no, yeah, I know where it is." Eventually, when we get there, it's like you knew where Somerton was. <laughs> Somerton was deep. Yeah, way Tom up, Cruise way took... out in the Epstein uh, neighborhood there. Yeah, man, Tom Cruise took that cab way out there. I love that that fading shot of him, you know, taking the exit off like a New York freeway. Then suddenly you're going through like you know directly off the freeway. Now you're in the rich houses. It's really that Tony Soprano going way out to totally. His, uh... Yeah. You know, he's not actually living down by the dockyards here, right? <laughs> His family lives an hour into town. And, yeah, but then they're just out in the thick. And, God, outdoor, the lighting outdoors, that shot from far away where we see is uh, the taxi cab driver, which, again, he's going to agree to pay him a 100 over fare. This guy's tossing around the big bucks to these mm-hmm. peons who all know that he's a doctor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> When he gets out of that cab, oh yeah, he goes through the whole trouble of renting a costume. It's like 2 a.m. And he's scrambling to put together a cloak and mask. Yeah. Desperate just to, to like a, see a boob. It's like a fifth grader who's got a project due the next day. <laughs> Needs so, the stuff so for his volcano. Doesn't know that the costume shop guy that he knows moved to Chicago a year and a half ago. Like, just... Yeah, can't he's do anything going right. through his patient Rolodex because a former patient had a costume shop. <laughs> how bad, like, how bad is it? How difficult is it really to get laid? This movie is just showing the lengths that Tom Cruise will go to to not get pussy, mm-hmm. and it is insane how badly he handles all of it. And how uh, our one, <laughs> I've forgotten about Lily Sobieski. Oh yeah, too. yeah. Like it's just a weird, like, uh, just a weird, like, little, like, nasty. Well, you know, I trafficking bad. Just yeah, that that whole I, I'd aspect of it is just like that's, you know the aspect of I, like really gross. everybody has their price, yeah. right? And he finds out the night and day of like, well, we came to an agreement, kind of thing, right? This is not their first rodeo. I don't know who the actor is that played Milich. What a character. He's been in a lot of stuff. He is the guy. I looked Yeah, I looked him up. The one thing I was like, okay, I know who this guy is. is he's the guy who takes Bruce Wayne's coat in Batman Begins. <laughs> and then Batman later sees him in the coat and he goes, nice coat. <laughs> oh, he's the, he's the coat guy? He's the guy oh, in the shit. coat. Well. He's the homeless guy in Batman Begins who gets the coat. <laughs> and Batman goes, nice coat. I didn't read... So real- we're talking, yeah, major motion. I didn't realize here. you two were so close. He's- <laughs> <laughs> I just always love that part in Batman Begins where he's just beating up twelve guys and he takes the time to be like, "Nice coat." <laughs> the the audacity of Tom Cruise to keep pushing and keep going. Like this guy has a home he can go de- go back to at any time mm-hmm. when nicole kidman phones him hi still wolfing down these devil's food cookies she's not a apo- if she would have apologized we have no movie right if she would have said anything this is an hour long like tom cruise nicole kidman special right the fact that he's like almost waiting for her to say something and the fact that she's not as him just kind of guess i'm gonna prolong this then and but at what point do you walk away? At what point are you standing outside the gates 
of a mansion that you don't even know how yeah. incredible this mansion's going to be. It took some balls for him to get out of that cab. If it was me, I'd have been like, just just keep driving. Keep going. Keep just, going. I'm sorry. I'm way, way out of my depth here. In most circles, if there was an orgy that you and I found out about, mm-hmm. I'm sure taking a cab there, smart move. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like so, I get his thinking, you know. I mean, Uber to the orgy, yeah. Uber, exactly. One less thing to worry about. You don't have to like worry about your keys mm-hmm. being put down somewhere. The less things you can show up with, the better. Cabot, Cabot to the orgy. Right now, does Tom Cruise really know it's an orgy? Nightingale doesn't really. He again, he doesn't really give an answer. There's implications. But is that just because of the hype? Is that all of us at the time were like, this must be where the orgies happen? Definitely, yeah, exactly. A, yeah, the, it was very much like everyone in the theater was there to see an orgy. Yeah, so we all knew, we like, knew this was getting to an orgy. Yeah, and Nightingale's like, oh, I've seen the things I saw at this last party and the women, you know. So yeah, you know something's going on. There, he doesn't really. Uh, we we don't really get the sense that it's like a costume cult party. The like, cult aspect is. Not implied in any way. Yeah. Nightingale does... He's like... like It feels like a masquerade, but then it full-on, like, Wicker Man cult status. Yeah, man. Nightingale does not hint at the nightmare status of this orgy. (laughs) He... And again, you're talking about greener pastures. The idea of an orgy, whatever good things might pop in your head about an orgy... I don't think there's any better example of not as good as you think than an orgy. And even the broader theme of Christmas, right? <sighs> Christmas is always like the idea of Christmas morning as a kid, sure. you know. Some the anticipation. The, the anticipation Christmas. is the biggest part, right? Mm-hmm. It can never live up to your own internal hype. So I don't know what kind of orgy Tom Cruise is picturing, but I know he's not picturing the orgy he gets, <laughs> and I know that no matter what orgy was there, it was not going to be living up to what yeah. he was thinking, right? Because I guess your other spectrum is showing up, and it's like an apartment, and there's like some Tostitos on the table, and there's like nobody you're really vibing with, and it smells. Right. Like, that's probably the most realistic. Just a bunch of normal-looking naked people being gross yeah and this one is like well we got hot people but we're all gonna stand around and just silently watch them do the most ridiculous uh sex thrusting you've ever seen he is warned not to go by nightingale straight up guy didn't think he would show up at the sonata jazz club is like please do not go to this (laughs) please do not go don't bust my balls please man i need this gig i got four kids at home the fact that he told him too, like nightingale very much should have just said like no i'm not telling you where where i'm going i'm out of here sorry it's the importance of cruise but even though he's a bumbler he is a charmer yeah he is charming when he's not really trying to be charming and then fails whenever he is actually trying to be charming he has a natural charm but can't put a charm on someone but he's a little persuasive and lately, yeah, later when he uh, charms the bellhop, Alan Cumming, about telling him about Nightingale. And Alan Cumming just gives him all the details. Everything. About the thugs and the, <laughs> yeah, the, the strange circumstances of Nightingale's checkout from the hotel. Alan Cumming is like, <coughs> excuse me. I, I've never seen a character that seemingly studied 
how Pee Wee Herman played a bell. <laughs> yep. No, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's like I kept Again, expecting Cruz like have to Kubrick tug movie. a phone away from from coming. Like, yeah, it's silly. There's no jokes in this, but there's just silly behavior. And yeah, I don't know. I laugh a lot at Tom Cruise's dumb face. He's just making constant like squinty eyed, head cocked like, like faces. Right? He's kind of smiling, but he's like, what? <laughs> what? 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 He yeah. knows he's not in on something, and he's sick of being out of things. <laughs> He's not in with the elites, and now he feels like everybody else is playing by these weird rules that are happening after hours in scenes that he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, the rules change, and he feels like a guy who really wants to get the joke, and nobody's explaining him the joke. And so his laugh keeps getting more, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but, dude, the Or ball- just the way he's like, uh, you know, he tells the prostitute, you know, what do you recommend? And then when he gets to the castle, and he's there's two guys ominously standing in front of this dark gate... The and gate he, shot looked incredible. And, they, and they're just kind of, they give him that like, can we be of any assistance, sir? And he's like, well, I guess you want the password? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. really just like, uh. the... And these guys tower over Cruz. This is a professional operation, we find out. I love thinking, just like I was thinking about Cruz and Nightingale's, uh, I call him I stop calling him Cruz. His name's Bill, Doctor Bill, Doctor Bill, Bill Hartford. Actually, yeah. pressing that ID up against the glass. Here. I'm a doctor. Shows it to a diner waitress. Well, you see, I'm a doctor. It's a medical issue. There are at least half the people that he tells you the doctor literally say, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really like he thinks he's the guy on the airplane, just be like, "It's okay, I'm a doctor." Like he thinks this just is, he is just trying to test what his status gets him, and you know, you can get a lot of places in life, and this is what he's really banking on at this orgy, which way above his head, way above his head, worst mistake of his life. But we can get pretty far by just acting like we're supposed to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how easy it can be when you just kind of look like you're supposed to be there. You don't draw attention to yourself. You act like you belong. You go right under the radar, right? Mm-hmm. It's how the best con men, pickpockets, whatever. It's how they all operate. You just act like you be, you're supposed to be there. And he is put into this situation where I don't think anybody knows how to act. Like, anybody not already in the club has no idea how to act and not stand up. He is... His whole identity is covered up most of the time he's there, and he is just standing out. He is watching <laughs> yeah. things differently from than everybody else. He is blowing it the whole time. He is clocked the second that bright taxi cab pulls up, that far back shot of a cab idling <laughs> inside these just, huge gates. Just going to hang out in front of the castle for an hour or, or so. Yeah. Oh, man. The, these two, uh, you know, well-dressed... I don't know, butlers, goons, bodyguards, yeah, bodyguards tower over Cruz. And Mercenaries. Yeah, the way, like you said, the way he asks, "What do you recommend?" He walks up to them. No other cars in sight. This is in the sticks. This is beyond where the streetlights go. Yeah, like this is a mansion way out from society. This is, I don't know where they filmed this thing. Where Somerset actually was in England, but my God, this palace. But the way he walks up to him and goes. So, <laughs> yeah. already they're just like, 
they're on their little uh, cufflink yeah, microphones. Exactly. Like, this guy's a narc. So, you probably want to hear a password, huh? <laughs> it says something like, if the gentleman if wishes, wish. yeah, yeah, sure. Exactly. Like Whatever this, you say, man. This guy. <laughs> but, like, somebody's got to be new to the orgy, right? They got to eventually get a guy. So, I imagine the first time showing up here, like, what are you the guys that I... Did I tell? Like, how do they all know? Uh, a horror movie thing that always gets me, that always scares me, is the small town with a secret. Mm-hmm. When you're in town and you start getting that sense that's like, I don't know a specific rule that everybody else knows. And I'm starting to draw attention from that. Totally. Like, showing up at a place where everybody's acting the same and it is not a way you know how to act. Like, that is that is weird. And uh, difficult, and it does not stop him. It does not stop him. He just keeps venturing further and deeper into this beast. If you did not turn around before even exiting the taxi cab, when I come around the corner of an ornate palace, and there is clearly a religious cult ceremony happening, at that point are you just in? Yeah. Is is leaving drawing more attention? I think so. That's a you you backed yourself into a corner on if, that. Yeah, one. it feels like once he actually gets in the room and there's a guy in the red cloak with the incense and the and uh the naked women all in the circle. It's everybody's kind, it's kind of like, well, we're in the hot water well, now. We're in it now. Yeah. yeah. We are in it. Just act and it yeah, very much like just uh, act like you belong here. Everybody you know? is standing so well. The masks look so awful. How this horrifying? How, how any of this orgy? And he's in like a costume shop mask, like an obvious like plastic masquerade kind of mask. Yeah, I was looking around for the cheaper masks. Everybody else's masks were insane, and oh, yeah, they those had... are custom. Yeah, expensive Dude, elite mask. We're talking about zero Oscar nominations. What else was getting nominated for set decoration? What right. else was getting nominated for costuming that year? I mean, sure, the black vinyl coats in the Matrix were cool, but like, <laughs> you know, what else in '99 was getting the costuming nod over yeah. this? That shot entering into the uh, orgy cult ceremony—I don't know—but everybody knew where to be. I, you know, that took forever. You oh, know, I'm sure, every right? part of this took forever to I'm film. I'm sure. Yeah. And the well, in every room, he goes into like three or four or five rooms, and every room is this different, again, ornate, beautiful room with these vignettes of people standing around. Yeah, so so well done. This is like when you, but reach... not titillating. Like the least amount of titillation in this whole movie is oh, this orgy. Scene. Is the orgy? Oh, definitely. It's crazy. It is, and it's just and it's scary. Like because you're just waiting for him to get found out. Like you know. You've seen the track record. He's not getting out of this unscathed. Now, there is so there was controversy when this was released that I guess there were digital figures in front of the front of the sex. And that's mm. why this orgy is so not yeah. lurid, the R rated versus like the NC. Yeah, you don't you don't actually see any penetration. We do not get any penetration. <laughs> which it honestly in the hype building up to this, I think America was like, I think we're getting penetration. <laughs> I think America expected this to be like an actual porno. I think when it comes down to it, it's like, there's only so many ways you can do it. <laughs> it's just like, 
So that's that's why the idea of an orgy in general is like, just never going to be that cool they're, because they're not at, on a trapeze set or anything, right? Like, you know, it's like they're not jumping through hoops of fire. The they're only just, they're just fucking. The only thing these guys <laughs> did right was put the masks on because otherwise, at its core, you know, like doesn't matter who's under those masks. I don't care how rich they are, I don't know how famous they are, how hot the women are. If the masks were off, it would all just be like. <laughs> like it would just no yeah. it would be the least cool these guys are if if Sidney Pollock is at the party which we find out later you know one thing he says later on that you're talking about charades and deceptions he says something like if you knew who was under those masks it would chill you mm-hmm. and honestly I have no idea what he's talking about who is under the masks that would chill me I mean like Edie Amin? Like who is there that we would actually be chilled by? Because I'm assuming it's celebrities and real estate moguls, like hedge fund what if it's managers. Like, it's like Drew Carey. It's like <laughs> yeah, probably it would be chilling to know. Yeah, but who would be like <laughs> chilling? Like I guess if you were boning a girl and you're like, that was Saddam Hussein. <laughs> what? <laughs> who is here? Like who would chill I, you? You know, it's it's one of those things where I, you. Uh, Again, I kind of like Stanley Kubrick being the the conspiracy theory kind of so many theories around. It's like it's got to be like an Epstein thing. It's got to be like presidents and kings and princes and yeah. But I mean, I'm sure like moguls chilling. Yeah, I'm th- sure you'd be surprised to see you know Prince Charles at one of these things, but nothing chilling. Yeah, and the women were clearly above age. Lily Sobieski's sure. the only one that. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was in her 20s, but boy, Kubrick sure made her look like 13 years old in this yeah. uh, this movie. But Chilling, it it's this great glimpse. The more I've been thinking about him saying it, it will chill you all day. Like, what could he mean by that? Well, yeah, because it's like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it wasn't that extreme. That's what I'm saying. Even We've these... seen more extreme things like in Requiem for a Dream and shit. Like, oh, God. Like, that... Is chilling. <laughs> yes. Right? Keith David, and the, that that is a chilling scene. <sighs> and this, I think it all, again, comes back to even the elites. Yeah. Even the guys in the club think they're doing something really cool. When really, now they're not. Fucking's fucking. You're just paying like hookers. You're all just, it's all just hookers. Yeah. It's the same hookers that are OD'd at your party. And that's like, what they call them. That's what, they're, they're sex workers. I get that. Yeah. I mean... I think they everybody in this movie, no matter the elites, they all want to seem like they're like up to something cool and secretive. But it all yeah. boils down to like, no, they're all dweebs, man. They're all <laughs> they're all dorks. They're all exactly. They're all just like old guys who don't know how much speedball to give their hooker. Yeah. So they don't have a. So they don't OD. And now they're going through these elaborate rituals to make it seem like something bigger than because. And, and, and the and the reveal where uh, Pollock at the end kind of says like. What if I told you that was all? Because, yeah, that whole... It was just set up to make it, you know, the theatrics of it all. It's just silly. 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 Again. And I've been thinking about about that, too. The whole thing's a charade. Like, they're all... Because the biggest mistake anybody makes at an orgy is showing up naked. (laughs) Right. You will never be more embarrassed than walking through the orgy door naked. You don't. You can't do it. You let nakedness happen. We build to that. Mm-hmm. And so 
thinking back, this has to be, they've had to be, this is a regular party for years. Everybody knows the steps, the choreography, they know how it works. I'm confused by him going through this whole religious ceremony. There's like 300 other people that are already, it's like, how long is this ceremony? How long have they been leading off women? There's a lot of people. This is a huge production. Yeah. And you get the sense that they've perfected it over the years. And I'd like to think that it didn't start out with the cloaks and the religious ceremony. And then they finally decided, like, I think we need a little bit of pomp and sure. circumstance. We need a little pageantry here. We need a pianist. We, uh, yeah. Oh, I also love that uh, that Nightingale's not doing his jazz piano. He's doing his, like, soundscapes. Is it, yeah, his experimental. <laughs> he's, re- he's blindfolded. He's playing like a synth, kind of just leaning on these soundscapes for right. this. But he, it's like, yeah, it's like, but exactly to your point, like there was a conversation at some point where they're like, I think we need like a live music. Like we can't just play the CD over and over again. Yeah, we can't just like, make that's a not mix. Doing it. We need a guy playing along with our pre-recorded you know, vocals and stuff. Yeah. I'll... Oh, I got a guy. I know this guy, Nick Nightingale. <laughs> yeah, He's in town. I recommended that prick piano player. <laughs> I've been thinking all day about just how many things, every party they throw, you know, there has to be like a new rule that mm-hmm. gets started. It's, it's no different than the early UFC pay-per-views. It's like first pay-per-view guy just gets punched in the balls repeatedly. Or they're like, well, we can't do that again. <laughs> you know, like we got to come up with like a guy gets his eyes gouged out. They're like, we sh- that's on us. We should have yeah. thought to put eye gouging in. Didn't think we had to say it. So you think by this point they're on their hundred something orgy. Like those first few ones must've been pretty raw. They had to like, all right, well, next time it's boring. We're getting a, while, a piano right? guy. Yeah. Like it gets routine after a while. I would think. Yeah. And you keep trying to push it for something more exciting, you know. And pretty soon you're wearing robes. Yeah. And you're like a total in, jackass. Yeah. yeah. You're all just putting on a little play. And putting on this like I will I will speak for him and I and yeah, all Yeah, this. they had to know to say these things. There's an established culture and language at these orgies, which makes me think they're really old and they also had one point had to sit down and be like no, you have to say it this way. Like <laughs> exactly. the, giving notes the rules the sticklers <laughs> yeah. of the guys had to be in place because even the uh, the people like uh, working the orgy, mm-hmm. you know, the I guess caterers or the yeah the dudes Someone's that are around up the next day. Yeah, those guys are all like very specific. So those guys had to be trained. You didn't just be like, yeah, you show up, you hang around for a while, you throw out the riffraff. Like, no, they were moving a certain way. They were presenting themselves a certain Mm -hmm. way. They were carrying themselves a certain way. Very, like, theater kid energy, though. Oh, big time. Yeah. You get some New York NYU theater students. You bring them up here. That's the thing. There has to be this. They're all worried about keeping this secret. You wouldn't know. You you can't. These are people you don't want to mess with. But the secret's just like they're fucking in a big palace. (laughs) Like, that's it. I believe that nobody actually died. I believe that Nightingale just got punched in the face. Right. And that's it. Probably got roughed up. And he's back Won't out. be hired again. Like, I kind of believe it. When Pollock says, you know, you know this. what if this thing was just put on for you to get you to leave? Yeah. I believe that. Instead of just grabbing Cruz and be like, all right, you got to go. Get out of here. Listen, listen, Dr. Bill, this ain't for you. I get the idea of scaring him away. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Like, hey, maybe we can improv something on the fly. Put up a whole little ceremony. But also, I love the idea of them having to, like, all right, we got to get this guy out of there. We need, like, 200, 250 <laughs> of us to get into this other room exactly. without Bill knowing. 
Yeah. And we're all got to be in place. We got so a when code he, blue here. We got an un, uninvited uh, doctor yeah. in the house. The idea that they're setting up this sh- this whole play for him while like he's being kept distracted right. and then get, sending word to a to a guy. Yeah. They Even the model playing like you got to get out of here and and pretending that she's going to be killed the the prostitute and yeah, you just know that red cloak guy was like smoking a cigarette in the back just going being like what do, what all right, get the big chair. The guy showed up in a taxi All cab? Right. Jesus. Get the chair. Yeah, we'll do we'll do the whole roundabout thing. I do love second password. This I remember watching it, you know, as a as a teenager and thinking like the mystery was like how did they figure him out? Like how did they know? Cuz he catches some bad side eye from like the balcony mm-hmm. when he's watching the the girls get incensed and like the worst kind of side eye. You see, you see that Pretty guy, creepy. and he's just kind of like nodding to him. He does a nod. He does like a head bob. Gives him a like, what's like up? hey, what's up? <laughs> how Pretty, do you do? Pretty crazy stuff here, right? Yeah. No, I get it. Nod back. Yeah. <laughs> I love. Oh, we nod at this party. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll nod your way, Miss My friend. The guy who comes and gets him goes, are you the man who arrived in a taxi? <laughs> He's just, uh-oh. <laughs> as, as a teenager, the second that guy drops that line, I think everybody had to know. It's like, well, he's sunk. Yeah. This is the jig is up. I do like, yeah, when he's finally confronted and, and yeah, the taxi cab stuff's like, he knows he can't lie out of this one. He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's me. Mm-hmm. You did see me come in. Yeah, I'm the taxi cab guy. And, uh, yeah, he gets called into the room, and they're all standing. That is very scary. It is. The whole already To be on your own, somewhere you're not supposed to be, you get found out, and, like, a crowd of, like, 50 people is, like, surrounding you now. They close in on it. That is pretty intense. This was a... That's that's good stuff. Very much a wicker man situation. When they ask him to strip, like, if I was in this situation, I would definitely think I was being ritualistically murdered. And maybe it's because I've watched the scary movies, but I think yeah. it's a pretty reasonable thing to think in this scenario. Yeah. I would already if be thinking... people in masks like, are doing it, then it's a lot... Yeah. Especially these masks. Stuff. These masks have an air of, of yeah. murder. They're all very Greek tragedy-looking masks. And they're all... <laughs> or like the old medicine doctor, like bird... You know, oh God! I, lo- I always love a love the old spy versus spy looking <laughs> yeah. uh, mask on a guy. Like, oh, I'll, yeah, totally. already know it's bad, right? Oh, all these masks are so good. I love the uh, you know Kubrick went through thousands of masks individually Probably. and was picking out each one of these one by one. Probably, you Probably know, designed them. We celebrate Wes Anderson for his quirkiness and set design production and the meticulousness of all the backgrounds. But with Kubrick, it's more of like a, oh, old jerk-offs at it again. <laughs> Another 80 takes from Kubrick, right? You heard Kaitel couldn't show Dick, and they made him do 70 <laughs> takes. Stormed off. Didn't want Wouldn't to be a part it. of it. Oh, if Kaitel only knew. A movie made for Harvey Kaitel. Oh, and... <laughs> The and so many different lines of people saying like, I, I'm not sure what you think you're doing, but you don't belong here. I think it's just this kind of you think you're better than me kind of attitude that humans don't respond to. You don't belong here. Hmm. It kind of makes us not necessarily want to belong, but make us kind of want to rebel. Me at least. Yeah. I I don't like being told what to do by people I don't know. 
I think it makes me want to run into the woods. <laughs> if you know, I was, you're right, <laughs> I'll see myself out, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, what's his best case exit strategy at this point? He gets in so deep into this thing. By the yeah. time he is in this cold thing, I mean, he's got. If he has had nothing, no game with any woman in this movie, maybe the least game other than asking a prostitute what she recommends. <laughs> Is them asking uh, the sec- oldest trick in the book, Cruz. The second password. The second password. And he fumbles for a painfully long time before meekly doing a hiya. Uh, I guess I forgot. You can, yeah, you can see the time in, in the time at him going like, all right, how do I lie out of this one? How do and I? Nobody is moving. All eyes, masks on him. Oldest trick in the book. Is just repeat the the password. They already know you're lying. It's the guy caught in a lie, and the best he can come up with is, uh, "I did not know that." <laughs> like, oh, don't that's do the, the voice, crew. Come I on, Hartford, yeah. don't do yeah, the. Voice. I don't remember. Yeah, I seem to have forgotten. Uh, like, Woof. Well, doesn't matter. The guy's dropping Fidelio to everybody he knows, and hey, suddenly, Fidelio, yeah. my brother. <laughs> suddenly, uh, suddenly, uh, mm, I. You know, I knew it, but I must have forgotten it. Like, I love, funny. yeah, I love the confidence with which he delivers Fidelio the the password. Like the first three times he's asked it, yeah, oh, meet Fidelio. He loves saying Fidelio. <laughs> he looks when he is when he asks like, I guess you guys want the password, and then he drop. He even he like does a little lean in and goes Fidelio, Fidelio. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure he plays with the pronunciation a bit too. Yeah, I think he tries like a, to kind of accent. He kind of goes little, like right? Fidelio. <laughs> <laughs> like by the time he's up at the house, he's like, "All right, yeah. I'm I'm into the circle now." Exactly. All of those limousines and cars. You almost get by the, the sense house. where he's like, he just walks in, he's like, "You dirty dog." Yeah, you're doing it this you're, time. What are you into, Hartford? <laughs> you are going beyond. Pulling his I'm little, ask pulling these, his close, close. Yeah, I'm gonna ask one of these masked, cloaked women what they uh, recommend. <laughs> Is that enough? So you know, the whole time I'm wondering, like, how did they find out? How did they figure him out? You know, it turns out he just did everything wrong. Do you, he he shows up uh, just in a suit? He puts on his cloak and mask there. I don't know what the protocol is. Was he supposed to I kinda, yeah. show up at the thing already I kinda, masked? I, I would have come out of the cab in the mask. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have just shown up and been like, I'll put this on later. Put right? it on in the foyer? Yeah. Oh, and they've man. got the camera looking right at him. Yeah, you know everyone knows. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, it's all the people that he serves as a doctor, right? Victor is there. But you know everyone else is like, maybe that's why it would chill him, because it's people he knows in his personal life mm. who are like his clients, his patients. Uh, but yeah, and then they reveal like, also you left a receipt uh, for a cloak. <laughs> your cloak rental in, 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 in your, the pocket. In your jacket that you gave us. And your ID. Yeah. Dude. First time. First time at the orgy. First for sure. time at the orgy. You're going to make some rookie mistakes. mistakes. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of rookie mistakes. If you go to a showing of Rocky Horror, they know they know who the virgins are at Rocky Horror. This guy shows up. He might as well have just a big old red X. That's why I never go clip. to Rocky Horror. That's why that I'm, feeling, that feeling of being like, oh, they're gonna know I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, I'm not gonna respond correctly to the screen. It's the same reason why I don't go play like at the blackjack table at a casino. <laughs> they know I'm a mark. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm gonna be the guy going like, hit. 
hit me. <laughs> you, you're not. You just show up and you're just tapping the table yeah. like I've seen this done. I know this. Like, am I waving my hand? It's like yeah, you. That's embarrassing. There's a I don't want to why... do that. I'll just go play the slots. I'm good. That's, exactly. 80% I'm, of them stick to the slots because there's no class. messing that up. That is my station in life. I'm a slot guy. I can hit a button and pretend I know why I won. Yeah, one of these 37 lines yeah. hit for Oh, you. looks like I got five bucks. We're good to go. I'm go. never going to go to a blackjack table and be like, let's double down. I have <laughs> no pl- no problem going to places where I've like never been before. But... You know, if if I went to like I've never been to a Niners game. If I went to a football game, totally. But, but I knew there was a spot in the football game where it's like everybody who's never been to a football game gets their asses hit now. <laughs> like, hmm. like I don't know. I'd probably be even more hesitant to do this thing I've never done. Right. Like the guy in front of you would like give you like a, a high sign that you're supposed to repeat, and he's like, you know, Niner Nation. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> And Tom Cruise, he's so over his head, and he's such a doofus. He's so lame. Yeah. And then, yeah, I buy that it's a whole production, because they just wanted to get this guy the hell out of there. Make it seem like, guaranteed, this is not for you, and he still doesn't get the point. No. This guy, I had actually forgotten that the orgy happens midway through the movie. (laughs) Yeah. There's a good hour after the orgy. And then you get him in the daylight hours trying to go back to all his old haunts. These worlds that were open to him just the night before. Yeah. He like leaves work early and it's like he's trying to go to these the jazz clubs close because it's a jazz club. It's not going to be open he, at like 8 a.m. Like, yeah, he goes at breakfast time <laughs> to see, hey, is uh, Nick here? I need to talk to him. No, he's not at the jazz club. He's such a... Man, he's so lame. The way he pulls up to this club, it's still morning fog. Yeah. In New York. And he's like, he's like looking in the glass, like tenting his hands, just like, uh, is that? Like, it's a jazz club. <laughs> what time do you think a jazz musician shows up at the club, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> Bill Hartford knows nothing. He goes and asks the waitress at the coffee shop next door, like, do you know Nick? <laughs> the guy playing at the jazz club at night when I work mornings? <laughs> He spreads his name and his friend's name. Somehow she does. All over town. Yeah, it worked out out all right for him, actually. Turns out. Turns out a lot of people were very forthcoming to this doctor who's asking too many questions. Yeah. To this guy still strongly considering Christmas infidelity. (laughs) But also kind of playing like, I'm really concerned about this lady at the party who seemingly is, is going to sacrifice herself for me for no reason whatsoever. Like, he buys that, like, a total stranger would just, like, sacrifice their life to get him out of an orgy he doesn't belong at. I mean, He's like, that's what gets him to go back. He is in, yeah. he doesn't know why this woman sacrificed herself. Uh, but, but he doesn't ask why. He just wants to make sure she's okay. Like, he kind of is like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I mean, everything gets so worse after this orgy when he goes back home. He has another absolute barn burner of a conversation. Just oh, the yeah. worst. Co- when his his wife, he catches his wife in like a bad dream. I have never remembered any of my dreams in my life, hmm. as well as Nicole Kidman remembers yeah. every man who was banging her while she laughed in Tom Cruise, and she's telling him this dream like it was terrible. And then another guy I came. I was fucking so many men. <laughs> and he's got this. I don't even know how many. Dude, he's like hugging her. And it just cuts to the shot of him over <laughs> her shoulder. Just like, 
uh, this again. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's my life. Like, it is worse to it know. Is, yeah, it is almost kind of like he's like, yeah, maybe I should have actually slept with that prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> but then Kubrick does this really with the prostitute. I guess I don't know what. To, this is the, maybe the weirdest scene in the movie to me. When he find out, when he finds out, when he goes around the next day trying to retrace his steps, basically, and everything's different. Everything's had a very unsatisfactory resolution. Mm-hmm. Returns his cloak and costume, finds out that Lily Sobieski's been trafficked. Yeah, goes back to Nightingale, finds out that Nightingale got roughed up and thrown thrown out of New York. Right. Mm-hmm. Goes back Be- to, at best. At best, yeah. <laughs> best case scenario, punched in the face. You're leaving at four a.m. Yeah. But I don't totally know what to think about the prostitute he would have slept with. Turns out last night she got AIDS. <laughs> she got the she blood got test the overnight this AIDS. morning. She got the blood test back this morning. The root. Okay, that to me this. To me, is the bleakest but funniest part of the movie <laughs> when he goes back to see Domino the prostitute with like a little gift or something. Maybe he's gonna he's try got, to. He's got her a cheesecake. Spark a, yeah, that's it. Maybe he's gonna spark a, a new round of uh, negotiations. Does, yeah, he is like showing up with pastries, just like I slept on it. I think I'm in. And then uh, her roommate answers the door, also wants to trip over his dick. Yeah. Immediately, in- instantly, attracted. and he's like, he's like, all right, this will be, this will be, this will work. I'll, I'll have sex with the roommate, and he starts flirting with her, and he gets pretty close with her. He's actually like unbuttoning her he's, jacket. And this is laughing. the first time he's felt a boob for pleasure. Yeah, this he's man, actually going. This for man it is checking. You know, he's bored with the mastectomies all day, and this one, he is like pawing under he's yep. unbuttoning her she's got one of those great love with the little shirts they're laughing the waist, she's right? giving him that kind of like oh boy i i gotta tell you something and sits him down and says domino's hiv positive the <laughs> prostitute she just found she out. just found out this morning and he's like yeah wow that's that's bad news and yeah like, and she goes like it's devastating <laughs> <laughs> I don't that I think because you're far enough into the movie where it's like you're drained you're like you're kind of drained <laughs> emotionally watching this guy go through this hell and just to be like fucking AIDS <laughs> yeah the oh overnighter my God. the oh just that whole reveal is just such a like that is just such a dark comedic moment and he's just like well better be going now yeah well you know, later when That's Pollock when really says, like, it, it would chill you. And it's like, well, I guess if everybody at the party had AIDS, <laughs> that would have chilled me. Yeah, that would have done it. But <laughs> I don't know why it's there. I don't know why we, Domino had to get AIDS. Yeah. It's such a dumb moment of like, good thing I didn't sleep with a prostitute, huh? <laughs> but the yeah, one just, time I do it. It's it, does, like, it. It also feels a little bit like this movie was made in the 90s, so we've got to mention AIDS. <laughs> if we have sex involved... AIDS has to at least come up once. I don't know why it's there other than I wish we... I would have loved to see Tom Cruise doing like the one time. I swear, (laughs) the one time I get with a prostitute. I would have loved him explaining that. You know, like Len Bias did coke one time. Died. Oh, the one time I do coke. Dead. 
the one time I get a prostitute. That's and I'll tell you though, I haven't been to a prostitute. Is that? F- I don't know. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have gone anyway. But that I was just, just like, I know my luck. Yeah, <laughs> I'd get the. Uh, oh yeah, it turns out a few hours from now, my blood test is coming back. What now? <laughs> what do I recommend? You recommended <laughs> this getting, getting a blood test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't believe this dummy goes back to Somerset. Oh yeah. What an idiot. Driving back out there, the way they just, the way they send the town car out to menacingly hand him an envelope that has a little, see, this is great. I also thought about, somebody's typing this up. There's a secretary at Somerset, because there's a little hand-typed sticker that said Dr. Bill Hart. It's all, yeah, it's it's typed out, and uh, do you think they just have those on hand? Like, like they just got a stack of like, this is your second warning. We got a stack of first warning letters, we got a stack of second warning letters. I and, and yeah, they they see him show up in the afternoon on the camera, and they're just like, "Cindy, could you grab uh, one of those second warning letters?" Uh, yeah, we got Harper guy didn't here. learn his lesson yeah. last night. We need the second warning. So, I've never really bought into as much this time. I do buy into Sydney Pollock. Like, I think these people are actually pretty toothless. Mm-hmm. I sure think they have connections and and all that, but. I really don't think they did want to hurt Tom Cruise. No, well, he's their doctor. I think they really just want to keep their fucking party quiet. Yeah. They, they just don't want him showing up at the party. Yeah, they want a guarantee that he's not going to tell people about this. They just are trying to scare him to keep him shut up. Exactly. They need him. Yeah, it's like he's he's the guy that helps them when they're uh, their hooker ODs. Like, he's an asset to like, them. Like, they're not going to hurt him. Yeah, every, every other time I, I viewed... Sidney Pollock's character is so much more menacing, but now I really buy into the awkwardness of their meeting when he's just like, I don't really know how to tell you this, Bill, but... uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, you gotta cut it out. You gotta stop doing that. And so his... and Yeah, the uh, that that scene too later where, yeah, him and Pollock have the kind of confrontation where he's like telling him, like, it's about you. This is a problem with you. I don't think Pollock knows as much as he lets on. No, because he's fishing for a lot of info, and then Cruz keeps showing him like he's got the the newspaper clipping about the the model dying of of, uh, of an overdose, and I feel like Pollock looks at that and is just like, yeah, I, I knew about that. I agree. When he like, there's no way he takes it and looks at it for even two seconds if he knows what it is. Mm-hmm. So when he when he shows him that and goes, yeah, I've heard of this. It's like, yeah, there was too long. It was like two right. seconds too long. It would, it would have been immediately then, see like, the story and go, of course I've seen this. Right. It's so, just the way he pauses so much when he's like, uh, was that was that the woman at the party? And he's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was the one. Sure, that'll work. The one with the great. <laughs> and she got her brains fucked up. Yeah, favorite line. Man, of the movie. I remember how how I remember that line from 1999. You know, she went home. She got her, she oh, dude, she's a junkie. <laughs> Pollock, it's great. yeah, it's it's him making this. Tom Cruise is seeing this other world and seeing the pageantry and the show they put on, but it never crossed his mind at that moment, and it still kind of doesn't. He still thinks he's being lied to. That's like, look, man, we put on a show. Mm-hmm. We, we, you don't belong here, right? It's like he's still not buying it that he's 
the hint has been more than given to him. They're beyond hinting. Everybody in his life is beyond hinting. Like, there's some places you just don't go. Be happy. Be grateful for where you do get to go. Right. You know, just give this stuff up. And they're telling him, and I still, Cruz is still kind of like, there's something more to this. Like, well, that... he still is kind of like, uh, he, he goes back to Nicole Kidman and feels the need to confess these sins of his when he really didn't do anything. You know, he got himself a little over his head and he's acting like, I'll tell you everything, you know, and, and he's scared. He's acting like, uh, He's shaking. He's like, should we leave? He, he gives Nicole Kidman when they go out shopping at the end. He's like, what do we do? And you get the sense he's like, should we leave the country? Like, <laughs> are we in real danger? Yeah. And she's just kind of like, I think we should be happy that we got this, what we got. Yeah. And this, maybe, you know, don't go chasing waterfalls. I do did not actually remember him coming back and confessing everything. And I guess that's that's a really important part of his character. Because as you said, he didn't really do anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't. I mean, he wasn't being a great husband in that moment. No, that definitely. I mean, he was in a, a prostitute's yeah. apartment and uh, an orgy, and he didn't call anybody about sexual trafficking. I was going to say he's a mandatory reporter as a doctor. I would think he's got an obligation to save that Lily Sobieski. Yeah, I but. think he is. Since I did not remember her having no lines. It is all looks, mm-hmm. and I think he is sincerely thrown by how she seems like the instigator. She seems very in control of a situation that historically has been a person against their will. Yeah. Lily Sobieski is presented as somebody who is like, the she's setting up these dates. Like, Milich doesn't see, doesn't seem to know about this. And then everybody's cool the next day, but it's like, I think Tom Cruise is just like, how does, you know, yeah, how are these people so professional about this all of a sudden? Like, I think he is just so confused by the matter that he doesn't know how to handle any of these things. It's not enough to make him stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but him coming home and telling, for him to, oh, the most desperate, he calls the woman. The patient's daughter. Yeah. He calls that woman. That is how desperate this guy is to maybe kind of commit <laughs> to cheat on to his see, wife. To see what could happen. Ooh, that, yeah. She's a sure thing, right? <laughs> like, oh, that's a exactly. low desperate moment right there. Ultimate desperate move. At and, what point, and his man- shame, too. Yeah, his embarrassment and his shame at the end with Sidney Pollock and at the end confessing everything and giving that, that nose pinch cry that he does. It just like. Yeah, you can really. That's at, that's when he's at his best in this movie. I think is when he's just like shaking with embarrassment. Yeah, it's and, pathetic. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's disgusted it's with intense. himself calling him that woman too. Yeah, I mean, because really at that point, what do you want, man? Like, what do you want? What's the end goal here? Like, you don't even know. He's too in the weeds. He wants to right? do a bad, bad thing. He does. Like that's it. That's just like that temptation. You know, he the, wants to give in. Sidney Pollock can't. is when I when I talked about you know lack of empathy and so the way Sidney Pollock's acting when this woman's OD'd, he's worried that he's just like this is gonna ruin my party, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this is gonna blow up on me. Oh yeah. And so he's and at the end when he's talking to him, you know, like Tom Cruise feels things. He feels guilt. He feels shame. He doesn't. He doesn't have what it takes. But were you to were you and I to experience something like this? It would shake us. 
for Sidney Pollock, it is boring old business as usual. Like, well, this is not... Yeah. They are bored. They are just doing their things that they can get away with because different rules apply to them, right? At, at the end of their conversation where Sidney Pollock's kind of laid everything out and Tom Cruise is just, like, yeah, shaking, Sidney Pollock just gives them one of those, like, clapping on the shoulders, like, you're a resilient guy. Hey, you're going to be okay. You'll get out of this all yeah. right, huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, was he clapping those shoulders. He <laughs> was going heavy. But it, it wasn't... I didn't get, like, a threatening vibe from it. No. I, I got I've it always more, read more it as threatening, like, and this time you're a good I kid. yeah, this time I read it much more as like okay, I I think I've we're good here, sealed, right? I've yeah. I've tied this thread up. I think I think yeah. we're good. Exactly. Back and, to work, sport. You know, Jeffrey Beaumont, like he came out of it all right. Isabella Rossellini got her kid back. He's with Sandy. You know, sure. his life is forever changed. He saw a world he did not know existed. These Dennis Hopper had been living in that world for his whole... He, that's that's his life, right? Sidney Pollock is just ingrained in this society. It's what he does. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is just lost now. He knows what exists. He knows how badly he handled it. He just... All he has is the forgiveness of the Christmas spirit. Absolutely. Christmas is like a time of forgiveness, right? It's a time of coming sure. together. and Absolutely. it's this. It's part of the important theme. Which is why, again, you you don't hear any debate about whether this is not a Christmas movie. It is 100% a Christmas movie. It embodies so many of the themes of Christmas. Hmm. Just presented <laughs> in a way that we've not side. ever seen. Yeah. yeah, The dark side of Christmas. <laughs> and so this... Well, it's... it's, it's uh, yeah, you make, that makes me think of just like the ghosts of Christmas, too. And... Uh, so many you know it's a wonderful life and the whole scrooge story there's a lot of sadness in those stories these are sad men you know who are saved by christmas yeah in in many of these stories right and uh i think that's true here it does really not a scrooge but but this is kind of like a it's a wonderful life where he sees what could have been and finally nicole kidman after all the terrible things she said to him and done to him and uh, at the beginning, to have that, that to have that speech at the end was just really to me was that really was just like she met him on that level. She said we should be grateful. The important thing is we're awake now, yeah, and we should Feel try it. to be that way as long as we can. I loved that. Every other conversation that happens between them is just them alone, and now they're surrounded by the in this bustling. FAO Schwartz uh, mm-hmm. kind of toy store, right? Their daughter's going nuts for all the, the presents she might be getting. And that's like finally, they're finally actually like communicating. There's still things that are not said. I love the way she sidesteps forever. Yeah. Yeah. That line's, it's made me thought a lot ever since then because I too am uncomfortable with the word forever. I'm not comfortable planning my entire everything. From, like, one moment. Mm -hmm. Not that I need to be freed up to do anything in particular, but just that idea of forever. Forever is forever, man. Like that's That's real. (laughs) And so I like her just like, I'm not comfortable with that word. However, it's, you know, they're seeing each other. He's unloaded everything. Mm -hmm. He presents himself as a total dweeb with no game to her. She's fully buying into it. It's like, he's probably not that into touching these boobs at work. 
He, she's believing it, right? She doesn't know the kind of mental anguish she sent him on, spiraling, constantly having visions of her with some Aaron Eckhart-esque <laughs> naval <laughs> officer just ravaging her, right? And uh, and I love how she, you know, let's just get back to, there's something we need to do. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. And yeah. They should have been doing that a lot. This guy has been trying to fuck AIDS, <laughs> AIDS patients. AIDS riddled prostitutes. <laughs> Women whose fathers have just been murdered. Masked prostitutes. Like, you got Nicole Kidman at home, man. Yeah. You got Nicole Kidman. You got your grass there, man. It's green. It's lush. We should get home as soon as possible and fuck. Fade credits. No fade. Credits hit. Yeah. One of the great last lines in cinema history, for sure. Definitely. A banger. Goes mm. out on a high note, that Kubrick. I love it. I wasn't expecting the Lincoln Park over the credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that I might buy into. I don't think he planned that. That was a yeah, that was Somebody an interesting else time in soundtracks. Call. Yeah, Lincoln Park teaming up with Chris Isaac for the end oh, credits man. there was I didn't see that coming. I think I'm pretty sure my parents bought the Chris Isaac C D from this like I think America fell in love with Chris Isaac all yeah. over again. Where it got the wicked game. Well, even that's like, a this guy's coming back. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of all the Lynch comparisons earlier. It's like even a Chris Isaac comparison. It's very yeah. I mean, very Lynch. he's a Lynch actor. Yeah, not just and uh, yeah. Of course, the the vibes are all there. The weird fake sets. Are they a set? Are they real? You know, everything. You know, is it a dream? Is it not? Like, no, no. This is a dream. It's just the kind of banal reality of the Uber billionaire class yeah they don't actually feel joy for these things that's why the orgy was so lame it's all pageantry because it's just like we don't actually get enjoyment out of any of this stuff we just do it because that's what you're supposed to do when you have power you know i never get the impression that trump is in any way into sex (laughs) it's just the thing that you have to be into when you're like that guy yeah like, I don't think he likes... He doesn't seem like a guy who likes it or relates to sex in any way. And I'm sure every fucking weirdo under those cloaks is the exact same way. And that's why your orgy wasn't that banging. Yep. Every room they walk into, people are just kind of observing quietly. And I love the dullness of the orgy. No Caligula here. No. This is the blandness of the uber elite. Yeah, and the routine. I love this movie. I really love it. It's so. Is every Kubrick movie a contender for like his best movie? Hmm. I could not say definitively what is the best. I it's think a yeah, that'd be a hard ranking to do my, for sure. Man, everyone. Is, they're also different too. Like every movie is just such a like different experience. The war movie versus the horror movie versus the sci-fi versus the heist movie dude the killing versus is such the, a great heist movie and uh this one also kind of made me think of like him doing uh you know an ingmar bergman scenes from a marriage kind of a vibe too oh yeah you i know? mean there's very there's some real time dialogue scenes that yeah this is a slow movie not we've talked about it for ages now but really not, not yeah. a lot happens in this movie well, you know and uh He's kind of just like life, man. Just like life, right? <laughs> I mean, you talk about the ultimate nothing happening movie. We got to do Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon yeah. is this. This is just a very, you know, Eyes Wide Shut is a two hour, 40 minute movie about a guy that's like really got his feelings hurt. And now he's just trying to use his status to try and get like 
the lowest end pussy he can mm-hmm. get. <laughs> and Barry Lyndon is, is you talk about perfect casting jobs. Tom Cruise, perfect cast in every way in this character, right? The best guy to play this role. Ryan O'Neal, who I don't think is a great actor, in Barry Lyndon is just playing this man who's kind of failing upwards for his whole life. So it's this amazing, ornate, never looked better than any other movie historical biopic of a totally like unimpressive guy. Right. So it's this like amazing, ornate, lush (laughs) uh, bio of just like a guy kind of married right a couple of times mm-hmm. lucked out in a couple of other situations and that's tom cruise man he keeps lucking out of these things where it's just like no nah, man we're just telling you go home yeah go to your wife you know don't let some hungarian with scorsese eyebrows in be mindful of her i don't know how you do the best kubrick though uh, barry linden 2001 they're all they're all the best right what's the worst God, well, know. that's the thing. If, <laughs> if, if they can be, all be the best, they could all One be the One of them's got to be the bottom. Nobody can say Killer's Kiss. Killer's Kiss is a really great noir. He was just made before. He was like, oh, I can start being demanding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Killer's Kiss is so good. Go see this movie. Uh, it's out there. Find it somewhere. I rented it for like two and a half dollars. I wish I Amazon. could see this on, in a theater again. Yeah, I wish I can see this movie is made for the screen. Barry Lyndon's made for the screen. Two thousand one is made for. I mean, his movies are just they yeah. are for the screen. I, I went to a midnight showing once of Clockwork and The Shining back to back. Was that when and they were doing them over at, at the uh, UA Five? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was just like I'll never forget that night watching those two movies back to back. Yeah, man, insane. This guy made this. I mean. It was my entry point to yeah. high art cinema. Right. And this is the first new Kubrick, the only new Kubrick that I got. And, uh, man, it's it's aged with me. Mm-hmm. That was, that exactly, was, yeah. That was well over half my lifetime ago when I saw that at the just-closed Rohnert Park Cinemas. Yep. Man. Yep. I know. Like I said, the, this movie hit me a lot harder at 40 than, than it did at 20. <laughs> yeah, I think I understand the themes a bit more than a first-year college student. Yeah. But if you've not seen Eyes Wide Shut, if you remember the hype, the no Oscars thing is still a bullshit. <laughs> Nobody out there... Well, that is kind of the point that in time, too, where I think I started going like, oh, the Oscars are just kind of... <laughs> oh, yeah. Not that important, I guess. America loved American beauty, and they were right to do so. Insider sure. was big, right? You know, but the Cider House rules. The Cider House rules over Eyes Wide. It's Shut. a good movie, but Eyes Wide Shut get none. That is shocking to me. That is really just like you're not going to be in the club. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be in there. We're going to give a nomination to Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Tom Cruise knocking out Magnolia and Eyes Wide Shut in '99. Tough, tough to beat one, two right there. Mm-hmm. Might be the two finest performances of this man. And he still deserves it all for Maverick. What a Maverick. Who would have guessed Cruz would still be kicking this long and we didn't even know the weird shit that was going to come. I know. The I fact looped... that he overcame all the weird shit in yeah. the early 2000s. I am looped so far back around on this. I am seeing every Cruz project. Let's do it. Out. Everyone. It's a Cruz <laughs> cast now. Overdue. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It came to this. It certainly did. Holy goodness. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, celebrate with a nice Christmas movie like Eyes Wide Shut. And you know, 
if you've been curious about a weird windowless building in town that maybe just poke your head in there <laughs> act like you belong start saying fidelio uh, at yeah. people uh, garden doors see where it gets you You'd be surprised where you can get into <laughs> yeah right <laughs> thank you for listening and good night <laughs>